Hey, everybody, we're back. We are back for a second consecutive week. Right on time, right on schedule. We are. I mean, seven minutes late. Yes, it's seven minutes late, but give us those seven minutes, please, because we're getting back in the swing of things. I mean, you must. To be honest. Give them to us. To be honest, we've never really hit the eight o'clock mark (laughs) ever in the history of this podcast. I don't think so. Um, so we are back, episode 136. Are we live? Hey, if you are listening to us live, give us a shout out. Make sure everything is working. That would be great. Yeah, it would be great. I'm looking on Facebook to see. It is. We're, we're there. Live. We're there. We're rocking and rolling. I haven't got a rocking, notification. Rocking and rolling. Down by mm-hmm. the stream, I'm going. I don't remember the words. But the seagulls. Something. Something. I don't know. <laughs> Stop it now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Um, we tried to uh, do a Snarf Yoki of that song once, and it was a disaster. Yes, it was a disaster because it's a hard song to sing. <laughs> yeah, it's very it hard. I, just that alone, trying to even figure out the words, it was hard enough. Well, we had the words up, though. But still. Oh, that doesn't matter. You still have to be on beat. and it's. I mean, that's not a problem for me. I live my life on beat. Do you? Yeah. I'm always a little offbeat. <laughs> like, just with everything, I'm always missing the beat. Maybe some people just have natural rhythm. Some people don't. That's true. It's probably I mean, like in your brain synapses. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you, you don't. don't. You know? um, anyway. It's, it's one of my favorite candy bars. Wait, have al- we ever done that? Almond Joys? Mounds. Mounds don't. I know. Oh, okay. That's, my f- that's one of my favorites. I'll eat an Almond Joy. We you know, have done top 10 candy bars, yes. I believe we have done that. Did we? Long time ago. Oh, man. Look back. Uh, yeah, <laughs> check it out. Go back and look. We'll go back and look, too. If we haven't, it's a definite no-brainer. I bet you I talked about mounds. I'm pretty confident we did. I remember talking about, I remember um, talking about a like, little-known Aero bar that I used to love as a kid, and it was like a chocolate, minty chocolate bar with like little air pockets all inside. A minty chocolate. Yeah. Minty. A lot of people don't like the whole mint mint chocolate deal really yeah a lot of people every time i bring up a mint chocolate a lot of people give me a disgusting look like andy's candies how do you feel about them i i don't know what that is you don't know what it nope what andy's candies yeah they come in a square right not square rectangular package oh and andy's mints yeah Oh, okay, yeah. I've never heard anybody call them Andy's Candies. They're a candy. It's nope, chocolate Literally, candy. nobody has ever referred to them as Andy's Candies, although well, uh, that's what it it's, is. Great, it's a great <laughs> rhyming or whatever you call that, it. I guess, I don't know. I've always called them Andy's Candies. They're called Andy's Mints. Oh. Like A-N-D-I, right? No, A-N-D-Y, but they do have pictures it's of the mountains. It's not A-N-D-Y. Yes, it is. It's, it's like A-N-D-I-E, I think. Is it the... It goes off the Andy Mountains. I mean, it's A-N-D-E-S. We're both wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It it is probably based off the mountains, for sure. It is. It's got pictures of mountains on the... Yeah, I've never seen them in this form that I see online now, which is a giant chocolate bar. Nope, that's not a thing. I've only seen the minis. No, it's a thing. I'm looking at it. I've only had the little mini ones. Anyway, that's a mint chocolate that I love. You know what somebody mentioned to me the other day that is is an option for eating? (laughs) yes it would be um was the um you know that the bottom of a drumstick they have like the bottom of the cone has a little piece of chocolate in it yes they sell that in whole bags just the little piece of the cone with the chocolate in the bottom are they nibs i don't know what they're called but they make that they make that as a a snacking option 
Oh my gosh, I would love that. Yeah, but you don't have the melted like ice cream on it, which is part of it. It is, and the cone's got to be a, a hair soggy, you know. That's true. I thought the chocolate though inside the cone makes it lo- not soggy at the end. Well, but you, you know, some hard of it drip, drips down the outside. <sighs> Mine doesn't. No, no. <laughs> I, to be honest, to be completely honest, I do not eat uh, like ice cream enough. I don't eat ice cream very much either. I'm not a. It it makes my tummy hurt. I, it makes my tummy hurt. Are dude. you lactose intolerant? I'm a little bit. Yeah, cheese doesn't bother me. Um, I just I'm not a big cold guy. I don't like cold things. You don't like cold things. Well, no, it's too cold. It hurts my teeth. I have sensitive. You know, teeth. I have sensitive teeth to cold as well. I'm joining you in this. I can't eat popsicles. No. It's like my worst nightmare. It is. When I see somebody bite into a popsicle, I just look at them like, you animal. Well, Amy eats ice. We'll just chomp on ice, and it physically hurts me to watch her. I can chomp on ice. That doesn't bother me. Then you have no sensitivity to cold. It's ice, Chris. You can't eat a popsicle, which is ice, but you can eat. There's crunch to an ice cube, right? But a popsicle has that little bit of give where you're like, it's like, a, you know, you're like, your teeth are traveling through it. Whereas an ice cube kind of pops and breaks. I, I don't agree with you. Well, I mean, you're clearly crazy then. I think this is unbelievable. Is our uh, live feed like going in and out? Um, I think it's our secondary internet connection. Oh, you have a secondary internet connection. Aren't you uh, on, uh, that's, that's what it is. I'm 100% sure of that. So, no, our live feed should not be going in and out. Oh, okay. Well, I'll agree with you. I will double-check that, but I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, anyways, so this week, what do we got? Well, jump you right me, I want you to tell me exactly what we're doing minute by minute. Okay, minute by minute. Uh, we have a bunch of what we're watching because we're still playing a little bit of catch-up. Yes. Um, we're going to do a review of the movie Jungle Cruise. We are. Which we've both seen recently. You know, we are um, going in and out our live feed a little. I don't know what I can do about that. It might just be our internet speed tonight. Hopefully it resolves itself. Um, We'll find out. And we're going to talk about the best rides, or best movies based on theme park rides. At Disney, right? Well, Isn't it Disney rides? I didn't look that close. Oh, I would assume. I can't imagine there's... A lot of movies based on other theme park rides because <laughs> yeah, at Universal Studios, all the rides are based off movies. True. I mean, really, Disney's the only one I can think of that has movies based off rides. I mean, wouldn't you want a Raging Bull movie? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Would, there know, was a Raging a... Bull movie, right? Isn't that a Robert De Niro movie? Is it? You Raging think that, Bull? Do you th- let's, that's what the ride is let's based ima- off of? <laughs> Yeah, let's imagine a world that that roller coaster is based off the movie Raging Bull with Robert De Niro. As soon as I said it, you said Robert De Niro. I was like, oh, yeah, that is a that is a real movie, which is nothing like, I mean, how do you base a isn't roller a, coaster off of? A bo- isn't he a boxer? Yeah. Yeah. That's, no, that's 100%. I'm sure of it now. Okay. I believe you. I'm really sorry that you guys are going to deal with this lagginess. I don't know. Um, Jerry, talk a little bit. I'll see if maybe I can do something about it. I'm going to try. I don't know if it's going to work. I'm going to see if I can turn down our resolution. Our resolution. Okay. Um, yeah, so I don't even think I'm recording on my uh, garage band, which is weird. We were, but then it's cut out. 
weird. Yeah, I can't adjust that on the fly. So um, hopefully we just get a little better connection. I have. It's it, it is a spring stretcher. Oh, it's, it's weird to say that I have this as a spring stretcher, and maybe you know you might think it's a little silly, but to be honest, it doesn't make any sense. Okay, okay. and it bothers me because I hate bugs at night. All right, only overall, at night? overall, yes. Nighttime I mean, bugs, like daytime bugs, you're they're your friends. They're not necessarily my friends, but they don't bother me as much because they're usually not around me and in and up and into my business. Um, but my biggest spring stretcher right now, I would say during the summertime, is moths. Moths? Oh. What a, what a weird stupid, thing to... Oh, what a stupid, stupid insect. Listen, if you are an insect that is just absolutely in love with light and you want to be all up in that light, right? Like you turn a light on at night or you have a like lights on in your house. You're sitting out on a nice patio that was just poured by Bradley mail. Yeah. Today at my house, you're sitting on it already. You got a lot of cure. No, I haven't sat on it, but (laughs) if you're sitting out on the patio with some friends, you got some lights on bugs are all up in your business right away. And moths are the number one thing hanging around your lights. If you are that in love with light, just come out during the day, man. You've got this bright, I yeah, I just, glowing it, ball. It's funny that you bring this up because I literally had this conversation maybe two or three weeks ago with somebody else. Okay. Like, just how how dumb. It is incredibly dumb for these insects to be so drawn to light that they wouldn't be out during the day. Yeah. You could live a wonderful life, Mr. Moth. What are you, what are you doing? Like, you're depriving yourselves of things. Plus, there's less predators out there, right? No bats. Absolutely. I mean, more, you ever seen a bat fly more, around more in the birds. midday? I bet birds would take a moth or two. Listen, birds are going to get you regardless. Something's going to get you. Yes, Nolan. Our live stream is. I don't know why. I'm hoping that like it'll just resolve and let the algorithm can make the decision on what resolution to put out. Because okay. if it just lowered the resolution a little, this wouldn't be an issue. It really wouldn't. But um, I, I can't do anything about that without stopping and restarting. Hmm. I don't know if we can do that. I don't know if I want to do that. Right. It's not a possibility at this moment. Um, but he did say he's watching Suicide Squad right now. I didn't did that come out today? Well that was gonna be part of my news. Thanks, Nolan. Oh. He's always getting the news ahead of us. Anyway, moths are the worst. Yeah. Any bug that comes out at night that wants to fly around a light, you know, just change your sleep pattern. And they eat your clothes. What is up with that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And we've made balls to get rid of them. Yeah, mothballs to get rid of them. Which is that a thing? Do those actually work? I don't. I've never even. I don't know if I've physically ever seen a mothball. Really, I use them all the time. I put for them what in all of our equipment and trucks and stuff to keep mice away. Supposedly, does that work? They say they don't like the smell. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm asking you though. Has it ever worked to keep mice away, or or are you getting mice in your vehicles um, and tractors? I mean. I don't know if anything really works that well getting mice away, but it seems to work decently. I don't know. Man, this is a really annoying situation we got going on, guys. It really is. And I can't even record on GarageBand very well. Like, just immediately will not record us. It's a strange thing tonight on the old podcast for recording purposes. But we got the old Rode Procaster. Yep, it's um, getting sent back tomorrow. And it's, it's recording just fine. 
So we have no issues with that. You will get an audio podcast on Monday, it, yes. it, whether you watch us tonight or not. Um, so I, since Nolan already ruined, you know, part of my news, but James Gunn's Suicide Squad, the new one, um, it bumped its release date up just like one day. It was supposed to release Friday, um, August 6th, but it released at 7 p.m. Eastern time, August 5th. So tonight, it came out on HBO Max streaming. Well, that's a real bummer because I would want to watch that tonight, but I'm sure uh, Marley would like to watch it as well, and she'll be asleep. Yeah. Amy won't care. I'll probably watch it Yeah, and as soon as I get home. <laughs> I mean, I would. I heard it's amazing. And um, if, if no catching one... a little bit of flack because of how oh, really? ridiculously, ridiculously, ridiculously gorely violent it is. No kidding. So, that intrigues me. I like that stuff. Now... This isn't happening in the United States because we have a different rating system. So it is rated R in the United States. So that's 17 and over. So no issues there. Um, the issue is in the UK where they don't have an R rating. They have a 15-year-old rating and 18-year-old rating. A 15 and 18-year-old rating? Yes, yeah, so I think okay. they got like 13, 15, 18. So they got like PG-13. Then yeah. they have um, 15, which would be like a light R. And then an 18, which... The equivalent for us would be like rated X. Oh, because that seems extreme. But I mean, it would be yeah. You have to be eighteen or older to watch the movie, so it would have to have a. So and they don't nothing. Basically, nothing releases it, at eighteen because they would nobody would it would kill it in the box office, right? So the only movie that's ever really made money that's been released at eighteen has been like Fifty Shades of Grey. It's the highest earner for eighteen, huh? Rating. In Britain. And that's a silly movie. I don't know. Never seen it. I haven't either, but I'm just assuming it's silly. Sounds silly. Yeah. I know what it's about, but it's like one of those no, I'm not, no women interest. books. No interest to me. Um, Wait, you in the United States, you have to be 17 to see rated R movies, right? 17, yes. Yeah. That's a funny number. I don't understand that. And I believe that the differentiation to the X rating in the United States is... You have to still be 17, um, but you cannot come in with a guardian or an adult. So in a rated R movie, if you're under 17, you can go into that movie as long as you're with a, an adult. At 17? No, like a 15-year-old can go into oh, a rated oh, R yeah, movie yeah, with yeah, an yeah, adult. Yeah. Yes. A rated X movie, you have to be 17 or older. There's no exceptions. You can't bring your 13-year-old in. Gotcha. That is, I believe that's the distinction. When I mean, when there have you... been some X-rated movies. Um, I mean, that were normal movies, but not very many. Like what? Like uh, Eyes Wide Shut? I don't know. I can we we could look it up. I bet you it's an Eyes Wide Shut because that was seems like an X movie. Um, Dirk's with us. Uh, Spring Stretcher. Ooh la la. Yeah, I talked about it. If you missed, I apologize. You'll just have to download the audio. Uh, I know Midnight Cowboy, which was a movie from the 70s, I believe, with like John Voight. Of course it would be with John Voight. That could be wrong. Um, That's Angelina Jolie's 1969, um, that movie came out. And I believe the premise of that movie is he is a male gigolo. Cowboy of the night. Yeah. And so in the 60s, that was, you know, super offensive so that it got rated X, even though it didn't have like necessarily explicit, you know, sex scenes or sure. anything like that. Just the name, it, 
in and of itself was the explicit part. Um, here's some other ones. Deuce Bigelow. Um, these are these are non-pornographic movies. Um, medium Cool. I don't know anything Sounds about that. Sounds medium bad. Midnight Cowboy. Hey, it was John Voight and yeah. Dustin Hoffman. Um, Why you have that in your brain, I don't know. I have everything in my... It, everything is in here. Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. I've okay. heard of that one. But there's Valley of the Dolls. That was... Uh, Directed and written by Roger Ebert. It was one of his movies. Really? Yeah. And it was a well-received movie. Um, I don't know these other ones. The Clockwork Orange was a rated X movie. It was? Mm-hmm. That I guess that shouldn't surprise me as much because it is a ridiculous film. Uh, Last Tango in Paris. Marlon Brando movie from 1973. Interesting. Um. I don't know what that one is. There's a couple ones. Dawn of the Dead. The original Dawn of the Dead. Which really? Which is not even anything. And that was X. That was rated X. George Romero's masterpiece. Uh, Phantasm. Remember that? You remember seeing the cover of that at every movie store when you were a kid in the horror section? I don't know. Phantasm. Yeah. Um, it's a horror movie. I don't know if I remember the cover. What was the cover like? Um, well... All I can think of is Mask of the Phantasm. It had that guy on the cover. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. I have no that. idea what's about. Um, listen. I don't remember that. The Evil Dead. Was X? Sam Raimi's Evil Dead was rated X. Holy cow. Has ratings changed? Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. In this day and age, I don't think you're ever going to really see no. an X ever again. Henry, uh, Portrait of a Serial Killer, came out in 1986. It was a big movie starring Michael Rooker. It was, I believe, his first movie. Really? Yeah. Um, Eddie Murphy's Raw, his stand-up special, rated X. Wow. All of this stuff would be... I mean, honestly, in today's day and age, I wouldn't doubt if it was like PG-13 to rated R. Evil Dead 2. Um, RoboCop received an X rating. Um, I don't, that doesn't even They added it down for theaters. Okay. Down to an R, but um, the the X-rated version was made onto Laserdisc, then VHS, then DVD, and then Blu-ray. And you can stream the X-rated version. Wow. You know, it, it's for like uh, violence, probably. It's It has to be the violence portion. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, there is another designation. I was confusing that. NC-17. Oh, yeah, there's an NC-17. Is that, that means like no something. Children under 17. Yes. <laughs> Good. So that, I don't think X exists anymore. I think NC-17 is the highest rating now. Well, DMX- 1990 to current, they got rid of X in 1990, and now it's NC-17. They've oh. always said, X going to give it to you. <laughs> You go and give it to you. Here's some from the 90s plus that were NC-17. Basic Instinct with Sharon Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, Man Bites Dog. Wow. It's a mockumentary horror film. I remember What that. a backwards. Uh, Harvey Keitel's Bad Lieutenant. They remade that. Bad Lieutenant with uh, uh, Nicolas Cage. Showgirls. And I like that movie. With uh, Elizabeth Hurley. That was her name, right? Yes. Elizabeth Berkeley. No, Elizabeth Berkeley. Elizabeth Hurley used to be married to Hugh Grant. Oh, this is one of my favorite movies of all time, and it was rated NC-17. That's Crash. With uh, Denzel? James Spader is in it. No. Is Denzel in it? I know what movie you're talking about. Yeah, but... it's like kind of an art house movie, um, but it was real popular. And yeah. It, he's in a car crash. Back in the aughts. 
He like begins, 02 or 03? He was in a near-fatal car crash, and he begins to fetishize car crashes and seeks them out in order to get off. And then he finds a subculture of other folks. But I think there was, like, uh, short films in it. It was, like, four different, like, things. I don't remember. I went to see the movie Crash. In 1996? Oh, no, no, no. I was thinking, like, 2000s. Um, 2003 or four. That's a different movie. Eyes Wide Shut. Did you mention that? I did. Yeah. I knew it. Oh, here's one of my favorite movies, Requiem for a Dream. That is a very good movie. In 2000. There's so many NC-17 movies. It's crazy. I would have never known that they came out as that. Um, Do they release them in theaters as NC-17? I don't. They must. But a lot of these but movies see, I never saw in theaters. Yeah, I would have never seen any of these in theaters almost. I'm trying to find the newest one that I've even heard of. Well, Evil Dead in 2013, the reboot. Um, that's it. That's a, that's kind of it. You know, what's kind of a funny thing is the, the weird circular motion of going to see movies. Like you go to see movies and you can only see like children movies for a while. And then all of a sudden you become a teenager and you can see like obviously over PG 13 and whatnot, like on your own, like when I was in eighth grade and like freshman year, a friend's mom used to like drive us to the movie theaters. We go to the movies all the time. It was something we did constantly. Yeah. And then you get your driver's license. You get over the age of 17. You can go see rated R movies. And that was the big thing. Like we're going to go see rated R movies. So you go and do that and you do that for a little while. And then all of a sudden you have kids again and you go back to the beginning and now you're going to back and you're watching children's movies all the time at the movie theater. Yeah. And then it's exciting when you can go out with a friend to go see a rated R movie. Isn't it weird? I think it's like a, it's 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 like the, the circle, circle of, of life. life. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nolan said, um, "Suicide Squad." Didn't know this. A musical, apparently. The third song is? is amazing. Hey, I'm all in for that. Um, he said it got better, and now it's getting worse. And to check our live stream filters, I cannot do that while we're live streaming. I can only do it prior. Uh. The only thing I could do is is start over and. It wouldn't take long, and then I could dump the re- resolution down to 480p instead of 720p. Okay. But it's going to start a new live stream. I don't know if we want to do that. We've done it before and lost a lot of viewers. We only have four currently. So. Oh, okay. Well, that's, <laughs> mine says five. Oh, well, now it's, it's up now. Well, we're just slamming them. You know, I told you this was going to be a problem when I started this because there was a little equipment malfunction. I know, and I don't understand why. Yeah. Why do we have these equipment malfunctions when nothing changes week to week? <laughs> Literally nothing in our equipment changes week to week usually. And we have random issues that just arise on their own. Yeah. Gremlins. Um, it is gremlins in the system. Um, I have some more news. So we talked about the whole Suicide Squad thing. Um, a, I think this is big. It's big in my world. And it's happening right in our area, like real close to home to us and to the most of the people that are probably watching our live stream if it works. Um, Brian K. Vaughn has a comic book called Paper Girls. Yes. Are you familiar? I've read it. Yes. I've read the first one. As have I. I didn't continue after the first trade. I should have. Oh, really? Because all you ever talk about is how amazing it is. It is. The first trade's amazing. I love it. And I want to continue. I just, the whole reason I didn't is because I, I canceled my subscription, like, and I didn't get anything sent to my house anymore. That's the only reason why I quit reading it. It wasn't because I don't want to or that it was not good. It's just I canceled the subscription to all of my comics and I don't really get anything in the mail anymore. 
But anyway, they're making it into a TV show, and they started filming it this week on Monday. Oh, wow. And they're filming in the Chicagoland area, like downtown Chicago um, at uh, one of the theaters. Uh, that The one that we saw, uh, Kevin Smith. Chicago Theater. Is it the Chicago Theater? Yeah. There. They, they One of the very first uh, episode is filmed in that place. Um, and they have... Real quick before you finish that, your thought here. I'm going to start a new live stream. If you're watching, okay, I'm going to start a new live stream. We're not going to stop recording. No. Um, because usually we have way more viewers than this. People are obviously dropping out because it's annoying. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sure I'm it gonna, is. I'm going to stop it. The podcast is going to continue, and then we're going to come back in in one minute. Okay. But it'll be on a new live stream just so. And just see how it works, I guess. Okay. So you can continue. Okay. Maybe don't talk about that, but. <laughs> okay. Talk about something completely different. Um, I don't know what completely different I could talk about. Um, something that's relevant to only audio listeners. The thing that's relevant to only audio listeners is that headphones, you know, what's the deal with headphones? What's the deal <laughs> with headphones? They make these new headphones that you put on your head and they're Bluetooth, but they don't go in your ear. Man, you know this usually goes like zip done. And, and there's no there's no zip. There's no zip and going. There's no zip. Anyway, these the headphones don't go in your ear canal. Like they don't even go in your ears. They just rest on the outside of your ears and it still vibrates your ear bones. Yeah, like the Apple ones? No, I don't think Apple has those. Well, I hate those. I hate them. No, um I don't know what if they're you're called. Using Apple I any Apple earphone product? No, I don't. How could you be doing that right now? Stop. There's so many better things. Don't spend money on Apple earphone yeah. products. Like earpod, uh, AirPods Any you're talking them. about? Because they're not comfortable. For your ear. Yeah. Like you, your ear hole. They don't have the soft squishy, you know? No, they're hard plastic. Hard plastic. They're terrible. Do your ear holes start to hurt? Big time. Isn't that a weird thing? And I've talked to people that claim um, that theirs don't. That's not possible. After a while, after putting that hard plastic in your ear... They have to get sore. I mean, mine do immediately. Oh, mine, it's not immediate, but um, after a time, I mean, mine definitely will get sore. But these, I can't remember what they're called. They're like air shocks maybe or something like that where they literally just rest on the outside of like that little, um, that little, you know, this little flap of ear here like on your actual face like attached to your cheek that little flap of skin right there they like rest on the outside of i know that. why it's why it's doing this why because there's the the, the uh, time delay so it won't finish live streaming until it's caught up to wow i mean how much of a delay is there i don't know i'm just going to cancel it it doesn't even make sense okay let me try some stuff here IT tonight is just not good. We can't even finish a thought because of this IT department that we have. Along with my, I mean, my garage band is not working correctly either. Ooh, it feels good to be on a new live stream. We're going to find out if it works. Hopefully it doesn't suck and hopefully it works real good. And I say... (laughs) Hey there, live streamers. Are you watching? We have been 
waiting for you. <laughs> um, we are back. I'm going to start a live stream right now on the Facebook television. If you were following us on our last live stream, thanks for coming back. If Thank you, you for coming back. If you logged in and out of our last live stream because it was super annoying, you're probably not coming back. But I hope you do. <laughs> um, I think we should do that the whole time. Just sing like a an old country song. Really old, cheesy country song. I was talking about Brian Cave on before we left. Um, I don't. Makes a comic book called Paper Girls, and it's filming real quick. Apparently, I got nothing. I got nothing happening here. I don't get it. I don't understand you. I'm trying to see if it's working. Are you working? Can you see a, a new live stream? Can you twerk it, baby girl? Are you working it now? On the live stream, it's not coming up on my feed. Well, this is a little bit of something, something going on. Real downer. Yeah. Don't you just hate technical difficulties, Jerry? That's my spring stretcher for tonight. I would agree. It's a terrible spring stretcher because it doesn't ever work. I have one that popped up, but I don't think it's the right feed. I'm not sure. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Oh, this is the old one, I think. Yeah, you typed in there, going to try a new live stream. Maybe it came back to the same spot. Um, I, I, I don't know. It says live. It says we're live for two minutes. Okay, well, we'll go with that. I'm going to continue one stream of thought, finally. Okay. Is that all right? Um, go ahead. Okay. So Brian K. Vaughn, Paper Girls, comic book. Love it. Uh, they started filming an Amazon Prime TV show just this week in the Chicagoland area. I am very excited about it. And they are supposedly going to film not only in Chicago, but in the surrounding areas because they need the Midwest feel and they need like small town feel. And they've been turning suburbs into... Um, Ohio, because the comic book is based in Ohio. So they have like uh, 80s type cars, like 1980s vintage cars uh, driving around suburbs where they're filming. And I think it's really neat. I love that uh, comic book. So I'm super excited for the show. And do you know where I found this news, Christopher? Do you know who broke this news to me? No. Who? Chuckload of comics. Really? You know why? Because they got to go on set. Oh, my God. And film things and take pictures. And How cool. S- and watch them do th- stuff. It's amazing. Chuck Load of Comics, if you don't know, you can check them out on YouTube. Um, Chris and I have met uh, uh, him and his wife. I, their names have escaped me, but um, oh. Chuck and his wife, yeah. But they uh, are fellow YouTubers and podcasters in the comic book world and entertainment world and um, are local We've met them multiple times at Comic-Cons. Really great people, and they broke the news. Apparently, he got access to the set because he was on the set. Looked pretty neat. So that's why I just saw it today, actually. Um, So I thought that was interesting. Is it working? No. Oh, my gosh. Well, now what? 
You're going to have to stop at some point because we have to have a, a podcast. I know. I know. I'm trying. You're not. You're just devoting all of your time to this computer. And you just, you're not devoting any time to me. Okay. Every time we record, you're supposed to devote your time and energy into paying attention to me and what I speak of. And I, think it came, I think it came back on the same live stream. Hang on. Keep talking about something. It's not going to work. This is going to be an incredibly boring podcast because I can't even talk about my news now. Listen to him. Look at it. did. I just heard the suburbs thing. So it did come back on the same live okay, stream. Okay, well, it came back on the same live stream. It's still doing the goofy shit it was doing, but that's hard to watch. What? I mean, if it bounces in and out, I'm saying it's hard to watch. Okay, well, it is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it, so no, it's over. Well, so we're it. moving on. And do you have some news? Um, I do. Speaking of Brian K. Vaughn. Okay, what about him? Uh, Why the Last Man, the show that we've been looking forward to forever. In like my favorite, comic our favorite book of comic all book of all time, our number one choice for new readers. It is. Um, it is getting, it got a release date and it's pretty soon. Really? Yeah. September 13th, 2021. Of this year? Of this no year. way. It is coming. I believe it's on FX, right? FX, X, X, FX or AMC. I can't remember. I thought it was going to be an FX show. Like FXX. Um, FX on Hulu. Yeah. What the crap? I just got rid of Hulu, Chris. Now I got to get Hulu again? I think you can watch it on your uh, YouTube. YouTube TV. YouTube TV. I tell you what, if you want a streaming platform for a TV, you know, I'd tell you, I'd tell everybody every day, go with YouTube. YouTube TV is where it's at. I had Hulu Live. Um, and if I was ever going to try to get a, you know, uh, some sort of uh, promotional thing from a, company it wouldn't be hulu no because their live stream is awful it's horrendous it constantly cuts out i understand that i have lesser than quality internet than a lot of people but it's usually enough to stream a tv show and my kids can be playing a video game and be on an ipad and it would always work like everything always works yeah but as soon as i would go to hulu live it would not function yeah, well, I mean, because it, it's a two-way street, right? It's your connection speed, but there's also a, the whole thing of their server speed. Exactly. So, I and, mean, it, and that's why I really believe, like, Netflix, I don't know how or where they got, but they almost never have issues. They never have an issue. Um, so they probably, but they're a huge company, and they probably right. have tons of dedicated servers. Well, I tell you what, YouTube must as well, because I very, very rarely ever have an issue uh, watching any live TV off of YouTube, it's been wonderful. Yeah. Um, and, the, and that's Google, the amount, and they own them and Amazon own pretty much all the servers in the world. Right. Well, that when that makes sense. And Netflix, I believe, runs off of Google servers, but I don't know that for sure. I it wouldn't be Amazon. No, no I, way. I don't it wouldn't think it'd be, be Amazon. Amazon. But Amazon is a big player these days. Yes, it is. My website, iTrees.com, runs on Amazon. Really. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Bezos. We used to run on uh, Rackspace. Sounds like a real racket. (laughs) 
Um, some underground market that you got in a back alley. Anyway, of- you want some more. It, it hasn't stopped the video interrupting. I don't know why. I, there's nothing I can do about it. Sorry. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's Facebook. Again, it's a two-way street. It could be their servers. Check, just not try, supporting us. Hey, look, go over and try YouTube. I guess I could do that. That's a good idea. Let me do that. Um, continue. Um, all right. Vic says... Um, Vic will fix it. My kid has been in school for three weeks already. No masks. I love Phoenix schools. But wait, they were, they've been in school for three weeks already? That's crazy. I mean... That's like July. That's early July. Yeah. I don't understand. Mid-July, anyway. Well, I mean, we're on August 5th right now. Unfortunately, that isn't going to be the case here, so... That's not going to be the case here. Um, anyway, Bad Batch, renewed, season two, coming. Okay. Apparently, Disney, likey what it see. Likey what it sees. Um... I did grow to like Bad Batch towards the end of the first season. Um, I wasn't as crazy about it as some of the other animated Star Wars stuff, but okay. I felt like it was a solid offering. Um, I have not watched. I have not watched more than three episodes so far, but um, maybe, maybe. it will it will launch in twenty twenty two. It'll be back. Should I, do you feel like I should watch the rest of it? Um. I think there's enough that is going to relate to future Star Wars um, movies and TV shows that I think it would be a good idea. Hmm. Again, they're kind of doing the thing where this is going to be... It ties into tie the next ends, thing, yeah. to tie-ins, to tie-ins. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of Easter eggs. So, yeah, it, it's, it's probably worth a watch for a Star Wars fan. Would I tell the outside world that isn't necessarily a Star Wars fan to come in on this? No. Okay, that makes sense. It, it didn't catch my attention the first couple to, to three episodes. Right. Um, the third episode I do remember enjoying a lot better than the first two, but um, it, again, I just kind of forgot about it, and there were so many other things for me to watch that I didn't go back, but now maybe I should. Um, we are doing the same thing on YouTube, but I don't feel like it's as severe, um, but it is way behind where we are at right now. Yeah. Um, but... I think you could get a better viewing experience on YouTube, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, go to youtube.com slash snarf comics. Yes. And check it out there. Um, Or snarf talk podcast. That's what we're listed as. Snarf talk podcast, but it's youtube.com slash snarf comic, and it should pop up the very first thing um episode 136 and you should be better over there it is uh, every once in a while it'll pause but it keeps going pretty quickly yeah um, it it's i think it is better than facebook um okay i agree so it's got to be something more on the facebook end because it is way better on youtube mm-hmm. it seems to be running more consistently yep so that's where i would go if i was a human being but you're not, so you're here with me. <laughs> um, anyway, I got one more piece of news. I also have one more, so go ahead. No, go ahead. I've done two in a row. Okay. I will do my last one. And our good friend, very close friend of the show, and somebody that we look up to, Mr. Kevin Smith, has created a show called He-Man. 
Yeah, and the Masters of the Universe. Right, but it's He-Man Revelations. It's, I think it's called Masters of the Universe Revelations. Revelations. Um, people are really mad at him for this show. Apparently, I, I and I so I watched the first two episodes. Oh, you did, and then I stopped because I wanted to watch it with Cash. Okay, because I'm like, this would be a good show to watch with like a nine, eight to ten year old boy. Well, I, I'm going to spoil some of it. I mean, not for you. You've Did you seen, watch it? No, no. But I know about it. I've watched reviews, and I know about everything that's happened. Okay, I, I will just say before you get into this, I've I'm aware of the criticism, mm-hmm. and maybe I haven't gotten far enough in the show. But I heard specific criticism. Maybe I've seen the first three about the first three episodes. Yeah, um, and they didn't jive with what I watched. The criticism, but they do. You just didn't care about it. The biggest thing that people care Maybe. the biggest thing that people are caring about right now is that they claim he basically lied to everybody about this show. Yes. Because he, he's called it He Man, Masters of the Universe, Revelations. And he's talked about it's going to be something all He Man like purists will love and they want this is you know what they wanted. It's a true He Man cartoon. And in the very first episode, He-Man dies. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. Big time spoilers. And Tila takes over. She's in charge now. She's like the main character. You're going to follow Tila around. And um, they uh, know a lot of people, the purists that he had spoken of, are not appreciative of what has happened. And made some good points as in like, um, you know, and they were like, if you knew a new Batman comic was coming out or new Batman animated series was coming out. And in the very first episode, Batman dies and and Alfred or commissioner Gordon take over as the main character. You know, I probably wouldn't be real happy with that. I read a comic book where commissioner Gordon became Batman. You actually quit. Reading and that's the comic. where I quit reading the comic. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm not, I read two of the issues and I was like, uh, not something I really want to do because he wore this fake suit to try to be Batman. Right. It's, it's a similar scenario that I can understand why people are a little bit upset because you get excited for a he man cartoon. You get excited for he man stories And then he is literally taken out of the picture right off the bat. I'm sure he comes back in later. So episode five, apparently he comes back or well, you see him again and fighting Skeletor. um, But I don't know if he's back alive. I think, I don't know if it was a flashback or what. Right. I'm not sure. I haven't gotten that far in it. I mean, I, I did watch that happen. Spoilers in the first episode, but it seemed more like a plot device. And then there would be an imminent return. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think that's the case. But I some of the may, criticism I have heard maybe it was basically like woke. your standard woke thing, where yep. it's like, okay, now we have to make He Man into a female centric show. And I mean, I could. I haven't watched enough, but to me, the first three episodes, like the story progression, felt natural. I didn't pick up on that. Like they made a big deal about He Man. Yeah. He sacrificed himself to save the galaxy right he did and they're kind of left in the aftermath and then you the next couple episodes were like about that and that that makes what happened since that happened and that 
seems like a very standard plot device for a show that's being rebooted 30 years after it aired or 20 years after it aired. That seems to make sense as something that could happen. You would do because you you want to out of the gate kind of shock and then you want to bring something a little bit different to the table. I don't know. Do you do that though because at the end of the season to as a like a cliffhanger to bring in the next season and then start the next season off with that? It really depends on the rest of the season, which neither of us know the answer to that question. So it depends what you do in the middle of the season and then what the the, I think I think if you if he were to have at least the first three episodes as He Man as the front character and the main thing, and you follow a story of him ending up dying, and then then the aftermath takes over, and that's how like the because there's only five episodes, right? Or is there seven? I have no idea. There's five or seven episodes. It's relatively short, and then they're going to have another run. But. Um, if if you had that story into the into the middle of the season and then he dies and the aftermath comes or you have the whole season up to the last episode where he dies and then the aftermath comes i think that would be a lot more well received from anybody as a he-man purist or that they're talking about or that are um voicing all of their terrible opinions of this show i think it would have went over a lot better rather than doing it in the very first episode and maybe he thought this is where the most shock is going to come in first episode and then you build off of that it just wasn't well received and they are claiming people are saying it was a whole bait and switch type deal where he baited you into watching the show because he was talking about how it's going to be this great he-man adventure and then when you get into it he switches it completely and says nope it's all about a strong female lead yeah i mean well i specifically heard him say because there was criticism of that before the season aired by people that hadn't seen the show but had gotten apparently yes leaked scripts and he like flipped he's like deny what it's about that's yeah. not what it's about and it does appear that that is exactly what it was about and it, so that was a little confusing to me yeah he denied a lot of that and said that it you know, people were taking things out of context and then the show came out and it's starting to ring true as to what they were saying. And that doesn't bode well for the guy that's lying to you. Yeah. You know, I mean, really, I mean, or trying to get you to watch it because as soon as he saw backlash on it being a strong female character that took over, he wanted to make you think it wasn't going to be that way. Right. I just want to make one quick comment. Um, I, this isn't going to stop on Facebook. So if you're watching live, just don't. Yeah. Because it'll all later like resolve itself. So when they like, when we're done recording, Facebook will reprocess the whole video and there, this won't happen if you watch it like after, if you just don't watch it live. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, so or, you or won't just you listen. won't see that in the, like the recorded portion. No, is... once it's recorded, no, you won't see any of that. Didn't know that. And then also, you can just listen to the podcast, of course, Monday wherever you get your audio podcasts. So on the He Man front, um, I just don't feel like we're in a position to comment because neither of us have watched enough of the show. So. No, and I'm not. I just wanted to bring it up as like this is something that's. I happening. watched the first two episodes. It wasn't something of interest to me. That's why I stopped. And I'm like, I should watch this with cash because I don't care about it. But yeah. at the same time, it would be like it would be if you're if you're you know a kid, it would be awesome. It, it's it's like got a, a high production show. value, and like it's it, the 
the story was cool enough. It just I'm not a huge He-Man guy, and it didn't it didn't rock. I've never been a huge He-Man guy, but the uh, I tell you what the the art and the the looks drawing great. of it looks. That's really why I'm good. like I'll, you know what I'll wait and I'll watch this with Cash, and it'll be fine. Yeah, and I can enjoy it as a kids show. Do you think he'll enjoy that? Do you think he for like sure something like that? Oh, I, I, yeah, he would love it. Your kids would love it. I think any kid would love this show. It's on Netflix, right? Yeah. Okay, I guess I'll have to check that out and see if I could get From the little bit I saw, I mean, it is right up my alley of something I would want to watch when I was a kid. Every time I try to bring up a show um, to my children, they blow it off. Yeah, my kids don't want to watch anything but stupid YouTube. That's all they want to watch. That's all they want to watch. I I don't get it. I think I'm going to ban it because I want them to watch actual show show actual show something with a story a plot of like an adventure rather than just people yelling right at a game or you know it's all these youtubers that are playing video games or watching video games and then they're watching them watch them or watching them play them and they just scream i've never understood this i hate it they scream at each other and it's what do you get out of this why first off you have this game why don't you just, I mean, I would much rather you just play the game than watch somebody else play the game for you because that is unbelievable to me. That and I don't mind as much. It, it bugs the hell out of me because are you getting tips and tricks from them? No. You're just watching them play against each other. Are you getting, like, cheat codes? You know, like we used to get cheat codes. Yeah, you got a game, game genie. Yeah, or a game shark. Game Shark. Ooh, that yeah. was a, that was a rich man's game, Genie. It was? No, I think that just came later. Yeah. I, I did, all I knew was Game Shark. I didn't know about Game Genie. Um, Yeah. Or like you used to buy the books, like the, uh, um, what were they called? The guides, like a guide. I used to get them for Metal Gear Solid. You could buy Metal Gear Solid game guides, and they'd, they'd talk about every level of the game. And you could like it would help you along through your oh, quest. Almost every game when I was a kid, I would buy a a book. Yeah, for for sure, it was awesome. Yeah, I think that was so much more fun. That was a huge market. You know, there was a time when that was like, like for in the book world, those were some of the most popular selling books. Of course, because the games were so huge, and people would get stuck on you know level eight, and be like. Oh, I can't get past it. Can't yeah. get past this guy. I'm supposed to sneak around this guy. They're not supposed to hear me. I'm supposed to choke him out. But then the guard up on the tower sees me every single time. How do I get around the guard on the tower? Well, turns out you're supposed to slide the garbage can in front first. Get behind the garbage can, choke him out. He sees the garbage can. And Is this Metal out. Gear Solid? I, I made all of that up. But <laughs> those are the it's things. Kind of like that. Yeah, those are the things you had to do back in the day. And um. It was really fun to have to flip through a guide. It taught you how to read. You know, school never taught me how to read. Guides for video games taught me how to read. All right? This is where I got my extreme vocabulary. From game guides? Game guides. Learning how to play games and reading through endless charts and Excel spreadsheets and vast worlds i don't know i don't know where i was going with that i just thought it was really cool that we used to do that and i don't know why they don't do it anymore instead of watch people scream on youtube yeah watch adults yeah they are they're adults some of them are in their like 30s 
or older. Yeah, or old. There are older people out there that are doing this all the time, playing among us and screaming at their friends that are also playing online. How dare they? I mean, it's not like they have a podcast. No. Do it on a podcast and then <laughs> bitch about those people. That's what there should be We're doing. We're really doing the exact same thing, really, when you think about it. No, I'm not screaming at a video of myself yeah. playing a video game. Ah! <laughs> Among Us! The, you're, you're sus. I don't like that game at all. You're I sus, it. bro. And I know they did away with like the dirty chat features, so I re-downloaded it for the kids. Do you know that? No. They got rid of it? Yeah. I, you were the you one mean? that told Marley that. That they got rid of the they chat? They updated the I game, not and they got that. rid of the chat. I did not tell feature. her. So now that, like, I wouldn't let the kids play it because there was right. people in there doing all kinds of terrible things. Right. In that in those chat rooms. It's like, I have nuclear codes. Yes. They were, there was like <laughs> Russian yeah. bots. It was really bad. No, there was bad language, and it was not a good situation. And um, so I took it off all the kids' iPads, and then, well, really just cash. And they released a new update, so they got rid of that. So you can only literally do, like, you can chat still. Okay. But they're predetermined things that have to do with the game. Like, okay. you can ask, yeah. like, one-word things or yeah. two-word phrases that are, like, pre-populated now. That would ha- would would oh. not impede your progress of the game. Yeah. Was it green? Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I saw orange in the lavatory. Yeah. In the conservatory with the rope. <laughs> with the rope, yeah. That, yeah, it is like an updated clue, isn't it? Wouldn't it be fun? So I've always wanted, like more than anything in the world. More than anything in the world, this is what you've wanted. I've wanted to have... Really think about this before you say it. Adult game nights, right? Oh. Like oh, have yeah. friends over and play board games. I love it. We did that with you. We did it once. We don't do it very often. No. But. I want to do it all the time. I want to make it like a weekly thing. Okay. But like anytime I've brought it up to a lot of people, they're like, wow, no, we don't we're not gonna play games. <laughs> we're adults. <laughs> what, what? And I want to play like right? different games. You know yeah. what I mean? I, like, I want to play Ticket to Ride. And Ticket I to play Ride. Pandemic. I, I've never played Ticket to Ride. And I want to play Settlers of Catan. That's an unbelievable game. I want to play Clue. Monopoly. Maybe Clue Museum Caper. I don't want to play always. Now, we can throw in the occasional party game. Yeah. But yeah, that's not it. my bag. I want to play board, board games. Board games. We need to get different board games every week that we play. I mean, we could do that. I mean, I don't want to play like Life or Payday. No. No. These are like, we need big games, like yeah. involved games. Yes. Games that are gonna, that are going to make you have to think about life. <laughs> that may even throw you Isn't into that this. literally what the game of life is? It might even throw you into this existential crisis <laughs> that you're like rethinking, like, why am I even here? What is the what, meaning of this? What am I doing? Oh, that totally reminds me of what I've been watching. Okay. What what have you been watching, Christopher? Something <laughs> like that relates therapy? to therapy? Yeah, something that relates to that. Therapy and, videos? Yes, yes, in a way. <laughs> I'll talk about it. Um, I got one more piece of news. Okay. Uh, per gas per night pricing revealed for Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel. Oh, per night per guest. Okay, pricing. Pricing. And it, it's supposed to come open spring twenty twenty two. Um, 
just so you re- remember the facts, it's a two-night stay in a cabin or a suite on the Galactic Star Cruiser. Mm-hmm. It is an ongoing, immersive, and interactive experience where choices determine your experience. Oh, my gosh. Food and beverage on the Star Cruiser, excluding alcoholic beverages, and quick service meals at the park, the docking bay, seven food and cargo at um, Galaxy's Edge, mm-hmm. are all included. Um, admission to uh, Disney Hollywood Studios for your planetary excursion to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge included. Valet parking, an exclusive Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser data band. So, a magic band, but oh, right. Star Wars themed. Um for a two guest per cabin, the voyage starts at twelve hundred dollars per guest per night. For a total of four thousand eight hundred nine dollars. Oh my gosh! And the, uh, just to reiterate, uh, they're billing this, this as a cruise, right? It's like going on a cruise ship, like you would go to a cruise on the Caribbean. Where you're, I get it, but That's all not- of the windows in this hotel are LED panels and you're yeah. seeing like space. So, and then you get into a ship and that ship takes you down to galaxy's edge at Disney's Hollywood studios. So it's like you're dock, you're taking the, the shuttle down and then you go out and you do your thing at Disney world for the day. And then you get back on the shuttle and it takes you back to your ship. Just like a cruise. There'll be entertainment. There'll be shows. There'll be, I mean, that's, it's awesome. Games and experiences just like a cruise. I have no idea what cruises cost, but I mean, uh, that sounds awesome. Like the 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 whole thing, like the immersive world where you are in this world. Yes, I think is amazing. There will be actors. There I, will be shows. Like that, you'll go to the evening entertainment. I guarantee like you, would on a there will ship. there will be like a cantina band. Oh, absolutely. Well, there is at Galaxy's Edge. Is there? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. Um, but, so for two guests per cabin, that's forty eight hundred bucks. For three guests, that's two adults and one child. It starts at eight hundred eighty-nine dollars per guest per night. Wait, so if you have two, if you have two adults and a kid, each one is because you can fit in the same size room. Okay, um, so that's five thousand two hundred ninety-nine dollars. And for four guests, so that'd be three adults and one child. Now that would include children under three are free. So um, that doesn't count anything for us. Okay, and and they don't have pricing for two adults. It's weird that one of the price options is three adults, one child. <laughs> no, that doesn't make any Why sense. Why would they not do two adults, two, two children? children? Anyway, so let's assume that's a similar situation. Um, it starts at $749 per guest per night for a total of $6,000. So let's, let's assume you could bring your family of five if you fudge the number on Graham's age, which you probably it's can't get away with possible, anymore, yeah. um, for six grand. Is that something you do? No. For two nights. That, that includes all your food and drinks. No. For two nights, no. All your food and drinks. Two nights, three days. Three days admission to um, Disney World. So that's oh. whatever that's worth. That's three hundred, you know, two, two, two or 300 bucks a person. Well, how do you go to Disney World when you're in this other world? You take the shuttle. I, I just explained all this. Oh, so you literally leave. I thought you like dress as these people too. Like you dress... You can if you want. I think they have robes and stuff. And yeah. I do believe it comes with a roughly $400 lightsaber. Really? Three or four. You know, you saw that in the, I think you get one of those, but I'm not sure. They didn't say that, so it probably isn't the case. Yeah, but so so you stay on this Star Cruiser thing, but you leave all day and you're hanging out at Disney and then you come back. Just like a cruise. Mm. Yeah. 
Is there like things to do inside the cruiser? Yes, that's why I said there's entertainment. There's just like a cruise ship. Like a lot of things to do. I would assume. I don't know. There must be a pool and stuff like that. I don't know if I'd do that. Listen. $6,000. Oh, I'm sorry. There is one more option. There is one more option. Finally. It's $2,000 a day. Um. Okay, do you want to know a standard cabin? So a standard cabin will sleep four to five passengers with a queen bed, two bunk beds, and a wall pull-down bed. It has one window with a view into space. So you could put your family in one cabin. So let's assume that for all of them, for one cabin, you would pay $6,000 roughly. I don't know. Um, That seems like a lot for three days. Two nights, even three days. Two nights, three days. Um, a one-bedroom Galaxy Class Suite sleeps four passenger. A one-bedroom, that's a two-bedroom suite, the other one. A one-bedroom suite um, has a queen bed with two pull-down beds and includes a living space and a bar area with two windows. And a Grand Captain Suite is a two-bedroom Grand Captain Suite sleeps up to eight passengers with two queen beds, two bunk beds, Two wall pull-down beds includes living space plus two bathrooms and a bar and three windows. Um, they all have spas, spa tubs in there, all kinds of stuff. I don't know. A little pricey for my taste. How about me and you just go for the four grand? Well, I mean, 1200 a person, right? 1200 per night per person. Yeah, yeah. So for 2500 each, we could go. Deal. It'd be a little less than that, actually. <laughs> I would do that, yeah. I would I would do that, but I can't get away with taking my whole family. Like, so here's guess, my thought. Here's my thought. I guess we could this but I this winter, since we usually go down to Orlando and like rent a house, and it's usually pretty cheap. Yeah, February time frame, right? I'm going down there and rent a house for like a week or ten days, and then two of those days we can go do that, <laughs> and they can stay at the pool. Yeah, I mean I'm in. I'm in for that. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, I'd be in for that for, like you said, the two nights. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I'm, there's no way we're going to get a, be able to book one. They'll be booked for years, Years, probably. probably, yeah. Because of all the Leonardo DiCaprios out there that are obsessed with Star Wars. Leonardo DiCaprio? I don't know if he is or not. I'm just saying he has a lot of money. <laughs> so he's going to go as much as he can. Oh, there's so many people to which they wouldn't even blink an eye at that. I know. There, I mean, you got. We're in a country of you know, three hundred yeah. and some million people. So there's a million people that it wouldn't even like. Yeah, it wouldn't affect anything in their lives whatsoever. <laughs> right, they could go tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> and then do it again next week. Right. So yeah. if there's a million people that can't. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I get it. I think I could do it for one night. I might like wait a couple years and see if the price comes down. I don't know. You're gonna have to. There's like you said, you have to schedule it out or plan it out. A year in advance at this point. So when are they taking reservations? Are they already or? I have no idea. Oh, well, whenever they start taking reservations, if you haven't already got on the list, I mean, I don't think you're going to this year. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it'd probably go to pass holders first. Yeah. Most likely. All right, where are we at on time? Mostly. Uh, and just over an hour. Because mine's all screwed up. All right, so we're done with news. We should do some what we're watching. Yeah, we got it. I can't like this. This it's not fixed. It's terrible. It's a travesty. Absolute travesty and it's, tonight. It's ruining the audio podcast because we're talking about it all the time. You do, yeah. Just shut it off. 
it's just constantly your fault. You yeah. know, it's always on your end. I just, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you want. Our, I think, I think the issue is the internet connection. Really? Yeah. I just did a speed test. It was not fast. No. Hmm. What happened to your internet? I don't know. Maybe I need to like reset the router. Oh, Yep. Have you tried turning it off and turning it out again? Usually works. <laughs> no. It really does. It really always does. Uh, anyway, so uh, you want to get us started? Or no, you want to start with Jungle Cruise because we were going to talk about that first anyway, right? Were we? Don't we have like a big thing to talk about after that though? Yeah, that's true. Okay, make sure we have enough time for all that. We will. All right. Um, so real quick, since you haven't watched Batman, we're not going to talk about that till next week. Um, there were many things I've watched and I'm going to pick two of them um the first one being uh, i'll pick some more but i watched this documentary on netflix so did i woodstock 99 no oh you're gonna love this one okay though. uh because uh way back in the day i think what first got me super into joe rogan and then became and this is years ago and then became my go-to, if anybody ever asked me for a recommendation, this became my go-to. I'm like, go to this episode. And it was the episode with Paul Stamets. Yeah, the mycologist. Yeah. And then years later, it paid off because in Star Wars Discovery. And I, of, we have a whole episode that's called uh, or something about a fun guy. Yeah. Um, and that was a great episode. Yeah, it was. And... Look that one back up. It's in the first year, first season one, I think. It, it, yeah, it's called fun, it's or no, it's season two. fun guy. Season two. Like fungi, you know, like mushrooms. Yeah. Like F-U-N-G-I. Yeah. Fungi. But it was a play on words where it's like fun guy. Like, wow, what a fun guy. Yeah, I think everybody's aware of that. Is that? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know if I was a little too deep, you know. <laughs> um, so there's this documentary that comes out on Netflix. It's called Magic Mushrooms. Oh, I just came out. I think it just came out. I don't know. And it's about mushrooms, the whole documentary. And I've seen previous mushroom documentaries that were not good or super boring. I tried to watch one when we were in the hospital having our third child. Marley was like, no, we're not watching. Not having it. It was super boring. This one's pretty good. I think you'd really enjoy it. First of all, it's beautiful. Really? Like the images and the shots they get of mushrooms, like growing and close ups and stuff. Really beautiful. Paul Stamets is one of the main people in it. Super interesting dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about not just psychedelic mushrooms, of course. They talk about all mushrooms and what they do for this world and and how we don't understand them and how they are like the key to unlocking so many things. They do spend a good portion talking about the psychedelic effects of psilocybin mushrooms, which I just think is beyond fascinating. It really is. Um, they have Amazing. so much research now. Since it's been banned for research for so many decades now, they weren't able to get a good amount of research. But in the last 20 years or so, they've unlocked, so people have been able to study it a little more. And they've done these trials. They've done trials with cancer patients. They've done trials with people that are dying of a terminal disease. And this, it, it, not for a cure for that, but it is, there's something about it that like rewires your brain. It's something about like quality of life. Big time. Yeah. So in fact, up to the point where it's like basically being claimed that like having one of these experiences in your life is enough to like completely change the way you see it, the world. What? And that seems astounding to me. Yeah. It, Oh, you're you just dropped out. How did I drop out? Your phone died. 
It's plugged in. It it isn't charging apparently. Um, we'll fix that later, so you can just see my pretty face for now. But um, interesting. Is it dead? I guess. Yeah. Well, we might lose Jerry on this one. <laughs> what a what, what a, a massive what an episode! A nightmare. I, should we just shut it off? I mean, just keep going. Who cares? Okay. So anyway, this was very, very interesting. I, um, I'm super interested in the whole concept of it. So aside from that, um, which we can delve d- deeper into, I guess, but it, it is amazing. Some of these experiences that people say is they feel this like intense oneness with the universe yeah, and things that they see, which is a lot of geometric fractals and patterns. And it gives you this unbelievably deep sense of interconnectedness and the way they describe it is basically like being able to experience whether you want to call it god or whether you want to call it nature or whether you want to call it like a connection to the universe like you're able to feel that so one of the main things of a, a, a psilocybin trip is i can't remember the exact term uh synesthesia so like being able to see sound or being able oh, yeah, to I've heard of that. like hear colors or something, you know, <laughs> yeah. being able to one sense crossing over with another sense is basically what it means. And that happens a lot too. And, you know, it's really interesting because once you delve into the rest of the thing with mushrooms, which is mind blowing, is that they are massive, these underground mycelial networks yeah they're all interconnected and they're all interconnected and fun and fungus fungi can communicate with each other that's the part that blows me away there's literally it goes back to what we've talked about before is what we don't necessarily have the correct definition of what intelligence is right so if these things are able to communicate with each other and they're able to um exchange resources know what areas to move into, to move away from, know when to release fruiting bodies, know when to reproduce. They're in constant communication with not only their own families, but other mycelium. They, and they're vastly outnumber every other living organism on earth combined. It's not even close by amount of species, biodiversification, and also just they're everywhere. And that their whole entire function is to take carbon life forms like plants and animals yeah. and return them to the earth so that the cycle can continue. So that's super interesting. But when it dives even deeper into is plants, right? So plant, So the mycelial network is not like roots on a tree. These are neurons. What? These are like your brain neurons. So they are connections that are made one cell at a time that electrical impulses fire across, just like the electrical impulses in your brain. So it's literally like a giant brain, brain. Yeah, in the ground. And if you think about it like a, say, a alien species came to Earth with no rational idea of what they would find here, mm-hmm. if they were to just objectively look at the Earth, they would think, well, humans aren't the dominant species here. It'd be, you know, fungi. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe bacteria and things like that. But there's so much more of that than there is of everything else. Um, but as it relates to trees, so trees are able to pass nutrients 
and information over the mycelial network to other trees and communicate. Plants are able to communicate with each through, other through, the, through fungus. the mycelial network of these. I don't want to call them roots because they're not. Yeah, that's not roots. Um, but they're able to use it as a communication vessel. And then they're also uh, they're able to exchange nutrients with the mycelial network. So the mycelial network is able to bring in certain nutrients. And then the tree will exchange nutrients with that. Exchange nutrients with the whole network? And like with each other? With each other. Through the network. Yeah. So trees can be, see, in this area of the woods, and they're communicating between this uh, network. And if a bunch of trees perhaps are struggling, the mother tree, which is a thing, by the way, which isn't just from (laughs) Avatar, is able to allocate resources towards those other trees, which isn't the same tree. They're different trees, whether they're offspring or not. Um, wow the largest living organism is one fungal network that exists in oregon that yep. is literally gigantic it's all technically one speed one organism um there is so much going on it's it's not the most i mean it is a little bit slow the documentary but it's beautiful to look at and it's vastly interesting and then they start getting into the medicinal uses of all these different kinds of mushrooms which are quite extraordinary and also, like, all the things we can make out of them, like biodegradable packing materials and, um, you know, even up to, like, power generation because of how these, like, I think it was portobello mushrooms. If you heat them to 2,000 degrees, they're able to be a, a battery that is more efficient than a lithium-ion battery. What? Yeah, somehow. I can't remember the specifics of it. Wouldn't you think that it would just like disintegrate into nothingness? Like, and there's no, there's a very, there's not a lot of research happening because it's probably not a very well-paying, you know. No, I thing. doubt. You know, there's think about the money that pharmaceutical industry makes off of antidepressant drugs, mm-hmm. and that's a lifetime taking a pill every day. Yeah, it's a chronic condition. Right, and whether the drugs cure it or make it worse or carry it on, we don't know the answer to that. Um, They think psilocybin mushrooms can treat anxiety and depression in three pills. Really? Yeah, three pills. Three pills, and it's just done. It's done for maybe six months, maybe a year. You would have to maybe have another treatment at some point. It does can wane a little bit, and it has to be done. You know, and they're they're studying this. Like, what's the best way to do it? You know. Jerry's I, back. I don't know if that'll work or not. I only have 7%, but it seems to be charging. So Back again. Usually works. So this is vastly interesting. I want yeah. you to watch it. and maybe, That was on Netflix, you said? Yeah, and, okay. and maybe even we can have a, an in-depth discussion on how interesting mushrooms are because <laughs> yeah. it is mind-blowing to me, and I don't understand why nobody's talking about it. You don't hear about it much. It, over, I would say, the last two years... I've heard about it a lot more and it is because of the Joe Rogan podcast yeah. and that and Paul Stamets being on there and it, it and all other people have been on there talking about the same thing um in different aspects of it but it's it I think it is becoming more and more like well known. They're not an animal. They're not a plant. They're not an insect. They're their own kingdom. It, it's like a being. 
They're their it's own. It's like another being. Yeah. You look at the kingdoms, there's like plants, animals, insects, and fungi. Yeah. They're their own thing. We're more closely related to fungi, like in a common ancestor type of situation. They breathe out. They breathe the same as we do. They breathe in oxygen yeah. and out carbon dioxide, I believe. Um, but they also facilitate plant life. That's a thing. They facilitate it 100%. They're what breaks down when a tree falls. They're what rots it. or uh, Right, decomposes it. An animal dies. They decompose it down. And they have studies that they've done with oil spills where they have had controlled oil spills. And in this area, they might use some sort of a chemical to try and rectify the oil spill. Sure. This one, they might use something else. They got like five spots. They got a control spot, whatever. And in one, they just seeded the area with fungal spores. They cover them all up for like a month. And they come back, and the one that was seeded with the fungal, the, all the other ones are basically the same. And the one that was covered with the fungal spores has plants growing. That's insane. All that petroleum had been converted. It's just gone. Back to carbon and back down in the soil. It's so interesting. And uh, it's something I'm going to like put some thought into on my farming, my agricultural practices, to be honest. Really? Yeah. They, well, I mean, that's kind of one of the things with cover crops, right? Is you want to create a green bridge, they call it. So once you, once all the plant material dies in a field, there's nothing for like the mycorrhizal fungi to live off of. So they die. And then when you replant it, it comes back in the spring. Yeah. But if you can create what's called a green bridge, that activity continues all year, all year long. Right. And that activity, that taking of the residue and this and that and bringing it down, rotting it, releasing it to the soil, building topsoil. Yeah. That's all key you know it makes sense when you think about it chemical fertilizers using that's of this that when i think about like planting crops into the ground um i think of them as using things out of the soil pulling stuff out of the soil that you need to put back in they are yeah but we're doing that with chemicals right and when but, but when you think about even planting a cover crop i still think of it as well, it has to be using so much nutrients and stuff out of the soil. Yeah, but that, you're not harvesting. You're not taking it away. Right, you're not. It stays so there. it's the grain you're taking away. So you're taking all the nutrients that are in the grain away. Yeah. And you're leaving the plant material. Right. Um, which has a lot of stuff too. And that's one of the benefits of like no-till and things like these is because sure. you're just letting it break down versus burying it, which expedites that process. Right. Right. Um, because you're kind of churning it. it, it it's I mean, there can be there's lots of different ideas on it, but the idea is that is that you're just letting that residue sit and build up and build up and build up, break down, and you're letting your biological activity and the bacteria. There's less disturbance. Yeah, uh, earthworms are a big thing because when you do no-till or minimum tillage, the amount of earthworm activity is insane. If I give you the statistics, I don't know off the top of my head about the amount of earthworms that live in an acre. I mean, it's an insane amount, but tillage destroys the habitat for earthworms. Yeah. So they're the ones that are taking that residue up. You can go out in a no-till field, you'll see earthworm hills everywhere. Really? They go up to the surface, they get the residue, they bring it back down. They poop all along the way. Yeah. You know, that's part of it. But but fungi is part of it and soil bacteria, they're, they're all, it's all interconnected. That's crazy. But the... Specifically like, on this, it's this mycelial network, which is basically functioning as a as a neuron in the ground. In the ground, which is so interesting, and then they're communicating with each other. Mm-hmm. Like we just say that—that's groundbreaking. 
It changes yeah, you the don't... whole thing that you think or ever thought about the world, right? Is that these things, these the... plants are communicating. These plants, these trees are talking to each other. That's intelligence. It's just it not is. our just definition not... of intelligence. Yeah, it's not what you think of as, in... it's... most people think of as intelligence. It's... Yeah. Maybe even it's a language. We don't know because we can't. You could classify it. it as that. You could classify it as a language if they're connecting with each other or co- like communicating with each other in whatever way that it's is. It's not in the way it's hard. You got to sit there and think about it. And you're like, what does that mean communicating with each other? Well, it doesn't mean what we're doing now, you know, but what are we doing? We're just exchanging information back and you're forth. You're exchanging signals back and forth to each other that gain you information. Right. And they're doing the exact same thing. They're exchanging signals to each other that give them information on whatever the signal was. Yeah, whether it's, you know, avoiding yeah. um, trouble or whether it's allocating resources. These are all what our language functions to do. But then again, think of it as like if you're driving a vehicle, people are signaling to you all the time and you're knowing what they're going to do without any sort of verbal, vo- communication. verbal communication. You're knowing what a car is going to do just by a turn signal coming on or their flashers being on or the brake lights or them flashing their lights at you. You're thinking, oh, well, there's something ahead of me. Like yeah. you already know that and they're doing that the same way. But if they're, and, but it, think of all of the things they're doing and it's just. It's, it's, it's well far beyond just flashlights. You know what I mean? No, but it's, but my point is it's, it's beyond what we do. It is. Which is just walk around and use resources. It would be as if, we, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, you're right. And it's as if we, if we could communicate without ever speaking and know everything that we needed to know in our entire lives without ever speaking or even seeing, like that's what they're doing. But they're doing it also in a way that's like, maybe there's no, maybe our definition of intelligence is consciousness. Maybe they don't have consciousness. Well, maybe we've they talked do. about that before. You know, I don't know, but it's just interesting. Yes. Um, we need to move on. Yes, we do. Uh, I also watched a documentary. It wasn't on Netflix. Now that I think about about it, it was actually on HBO Max. But it's Woodstock '99. It's about the Woodstock concert that happened in 1999, a big, you know, MTV produced concert, and they planned on bringing uh, Woodstock back every 20 years, something like that, or it might have been less than 20 years. I think it was 20. Because they did one in the 60s, uh, and then they did one in the 80s, I believe, and then they did it again in the 90s, and they were going to continue to do it. I think it was 10 years um, that they were going to do it every 10 years. Anyway, so they brought it back in 99. I, I remember this happening. I remember I do, yeah, it being I remember a show. that happening as well. I knew nothing about it. I thought it. it happened every year, to be honest with you. No. It was like every 10. Okay. And... Uh, I I didn't know the depths of this show and how absolutely horrific it was. It was not a good experience for basically anyone. The first day, it seemed to be going very well. And it just really devolved throughout the whole... Yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember how many days it is. There was but, like no bathrooms. There was no facilities. There was no nothing. Yeah. It ended up being, there was some. I watched a movie, a fictional movie that had uh, Dimitri Martin in it. Okay. I think it was called like Finding Woodstock or something like that. And, and yeah. it was about that. Like it was about the formation of it because it wasn't expected to be what it was. No. And it was massive. But it, I mean, there was like. Yes, there was huge bathroom issues where people, like, everything turned to mud. 
Yeah, there was like literally like whole mud time. people that formed out of this concert. It was called Taking Woodstock. Was that Demetri Martin movie? Dan um, Fogler's in it. We, okay. we saw him. We did? Yeah. Where? Wizard World? I don't remember him at We all. just saw him. Oh. We didn't talk to him. Um, But there was a lot of issues with bands. Like once bands were getting up um, that, you know, like most people couldn't hear them. They were having issues with their sets. But the biggest thing was just the amount of people there. And they had no control over this massive crowd. And there was just basically no like infrastructure to support this. So again, I, I have said it already, but the bathroom issue was a big deal, but there was also like no water. You couldn't get water and it wasn't even thought of beforehand that it would be an issue for people to have to drink enough water, water. Had, and then there was like no food. There was no anything. Yeah. There was no supplies there. And it got to a point where people were like, you know, dying because of it and they were charging for water at a lot of the uh you know alcohol stands and whatnot but they were charging eight nine dollars for like a glass of water and then it got to a point where they didn't have any more so they couldn't charge anymore and people it they it was starting to kill people and then but there was also this huge like issue with rape and like sexual assaults and abuse and things that were happening and it devolved into like almost like complete anarchy yeah within the crowds a lot of the bands never even noticed it because up front where people were still surviving basically and were watching the bands it was fine it was everything in the background that was going on that blew me away and it was a really what was i, I don't on? want to say it was depressing but it almost got depressing it's on hbo max okay. i want to see this um it was interesting very very interesting where everybody comes uh to a show with the mindset of like peace and love and hope and let's just party and have fun. And it just went off the rails almost immediately. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was pretty cool to see because you rem you will remember every band, like every, like just things that they talk about during the time. It's like right in our like wheelhouse of our childhood growing up and, I thought it was really interesting. I liked it. I love music and I love any documentary about music. And they did talk a lot about bands, but it was just about the absolute shit show that this became. And I had no idea. Yeah. It was like super tragic. Do we, where are we at on time? Uh, hour and 26 minutes. All right. We should move on to jungle cruise. I'm not going to do any more what I'm watching. I'm briefly, I'll mention what I'm going to, like I've started watching. Um, I started Back up, watching season. I'm going to watch season nine and ten of Walking Dead. Oh, okay. To get up to date on that. All right. Good job. Um, good luck. So we'll talk about that, Dave. I have completed the season. You got a couple more. So I got we'll, two more. We'll to talk watch about you. Dave next week. That was one of our favorite shows last year. Yep. Um, you're not going to want to miss my review of that. And there's a new show I've been watching um, on Apple Plus called Smigadoon. And it, Smigadoon, and it has it's uh, Cecily Strong from SNL, yes, and uh, Keegan Michael Key. Okay, I like and they're too. like a long term relationship couple, but not married, but like basically married, and but like not happy and fighting. Okay, and they go on this like retreat to the woods. And oh yeah, they end up in this basically this. Uh, a musical. This town, which everything's a musical, it's like a musicals from like what we grew up watching in the I am 40s sold on 40s and 50s but they're stuck there 
I love that. It's like a magical town. And they can't get out and back into their, they're both doctors. They can't get out of this town until they find true love. And so their relationship oh breaks gosh. down, but their people are constantly spontaneously breaking into song. I love it. And Already. They're, they're just like, what is happening? And I watched like the first three episodes. It's week to week now. Oh. And, um, but so aggravating. But I had three to, like, that I hadn't seen that I caught up on. Yeah. And so. I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's not like uh, anything. It's just entertaining to watch. Right. It's not like blowing my mind or anything. I don't care for Cecily Strong as an actor all that much. Okay. I, I do like Keegan-Michael Key a lot. Um, it's not that I don't care for her. I just don't think she's a very good actress. Okay. She's fine on SNL. I actually think she's pretty good. Yeah, I liked her on SNL a lot. Um I think it's worth watching, but I'm not done with it yet. So I'll Cecily talk about it more Strong. in the future. Do you got anything quickly, real quick? Uh, just to mention. Just Ted Lasso episode two I watched. That's also week to week. That'll we'll talk to tomorrow. that. That's a, obviously a wonderful show. Uh, I got to finish Dave. I finished the first season of Yellowstone. I need to get into more episodes of that, more seasons of that. I'm into it. Yeah. I didn't think it was as uh, OC as you called it. Oh, really? It's a soap opera, man. I mean, it is a soap opera, absolutely, but it wasn't an off-putting soap opera in my mind. No, I didn't say that. I mean, I'm not saying... I, I'm not saying there's nothing there. I watched, like, all three seasons. Yeah. And I want to watch the next one. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's um, how I feel. Um, that's about it. So we'll talk about some of those things next week, and then Batman as well, and then probably Suicide Squad. So we got a lot to cover next week. And I need to see Black Widow. And Black Widow. Yeah. Yeah. I was supposed to watch that this week too, but that didn't happen. That's fine. We'll talk about, yeah, that was going to be our big thing. Yeah. But I know. instead, we watched, um, Jungle. both watched Jungle Cruise. So Monday was my anniversary. Okay. And we just wanted to go to a movie. We're like, yeah. I want to go to a movie, like in the middle of the day. We both kicked off work. Love it. We're like, let's go to a movie, like right in the early afternoon, and then we'll go get dinner. Yeah. So, so you went to see Jungle listen, Cruise? Listen, here's the deal there's nothing out. No, I know there really isn't. So we had already seen Black Widow. Yeah. And so our options basically were Jungle Cruise or that Matt Damon movie, um, Stillwater. Okay, yeah, I don't even know anything about that. It's like basically, remember that story a couple years ago of that American girl that got in like a murder situation in like Italy or something and she got arrested? Well, yeah, isn't that... uh, I can't remember the name. for murder. Yeah. Basically, this is a similar story. This guy's from Oklahoma and his daughter is living in Paris, in France and her roommate shows up dead and they arrest her and he is going over there to like try and get her clear her name. Yeah. And then things quickly go sideways and then he's basically like being the investigator. Oh, to try to like free to her. Try and free her. So, I anyway, it is something it looked like no interest to me whatsoever. I'm like, I don't know. Something has changed in my brain where I can't watch normal movies like that anymore. I don't really? care. Why? I don't, don't want to watch it. it look dumb. So we, I, but I didn't want to see Jungle Cruise because I'm like that'd be good to go with the kids, you know. Yeah. So, but we're like, you know what? Okay, let's just go to the IMAX and watch Jungle Cruise. Yeah, it's a big and, IMAXy movie, and the kids can watch Jungle Cruise at home streaming exactly. anyways. They don't care anyway. Yeah, the cash is the only one that might want to see it. So we went to see it, and um, I mean, do you want to get an initial reactions? Yes. Um, there's things to like. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying there's not things to like. I found it to be a pretty, pretty boring 
movie in general. Yeah. It's not that it was boring. It's just... It has action. It, it, has, it has good action. Yeah, very good action. It has an okay story, um, but it's very shallow. It's very shallow and also like... There were some twists that I didn't see coming. Yep. Uh, for sure. And I guess we can do some spoilers, but there was there was a lot of things about it. I there was a there was probably more positives than negatives. You can't go into this with expectation of it being some like outstanding movie. It's basically a remake of um the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. It's like beat for beat. It's Pirates of the Caribbean. It's basically the same thing. Just not quite as good. I guess I haven't... I don't remember Pirates of the Caribbean that well. To... It's it's a very, very, very similar to Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. And beat for beat, it's kind of the same type of thing. Yeah, where somebody needs a ride and he gives them you a know, ride. You know, it's just, you know, they're, they're chasing after something. There's the villain that's like in the real world that's yeah. chasing them. And then there's like the... The evil, like... Yeah, like cursed so, villain. So this is what break. Uh, this is one of my issues, right? Why are they trying to do so much? Like honestly, after watching it, I thought, and I didn't think much going into it, but after watching, it, I'm like, they had a real opportunity here to make a real cool movie. You think so? They could have. It, it was like a not as good knockoff of Pirates of the Caribbean, but if it, it could have been a little better, it could have been like Pirates of the Caribbean, and that was a good movie. Yeah. Um, it could have been Indiana Jonesy. I I thought it was relatively Indiana Jonesy, kind of. But you know, they, I thought they it missed was a little bit of seriousness to get it to there. I I agree, there was very little seriousness. But I think it was it reminded me more of Indiana Jones just because of the time frame and adventure. And the, yeah, adventure. I didn't. The maps. But I didn't care for any. They tried to do too much with the whole monster villain things, which don't even really pay off. They're barely in the movie. And it doesn't make any real necessary sense to the plot. Why even have them? You don't need them. No, you really didn't need them in the movie at all. You knew about them, but you didn't need to bring them back. You didn't need them at all. It was fine if it was them running from, was it Jesse Plemons as the villain? Yeah, yeah. Fantastic job, by the I way. liked him a lot. In fact, across the board, the acting was incredible. In I tell movie. you what, yeah, that dude chew up the scenery. Absolutely. And it was a, supposed to be like a cheesy German-type accent. I think on purpose. Yeah, for sure. You know, and he was a bit of a silly villain, but, but he did a I great loved job. Him, he did a great job. Emily Blunt was fantastic. She's very, very good. Uh, yeah. The Rock was really good in it. Yeah, like for the role that he had. For yeah, the role. The action's great. The visuals are fantastic. They spent money on this. They spent money for sure. Listen, I'm. I, it's hard for me to sit here and criticize it. It does what it's supposed to do. And it hits the target audience that it's supposed to hit, which is not us. So, and that's what I wanted to bring up. I brought my kids to the to the movie. Now, Graham, it I would didn't. Think, yeah, it, it didn't. He didn't register any of it. He could care less. He was sad that we weren't seeing the bunny movie again. Yeah, because I took him. I, I took all three of the boys one random Friday to see uh, Peter Rabbit too. They lo- they loved it. It was super boring. I did not enjoy that movie, but Graham absolutely loved that movie, and he thought we were going to go see that movie again. Um, and then when we got there, he was very disappointed that we weren't. The other two boys enjoyed it. Grady loved that movie. This he thought a, it was very fun. A great movie. For he loves The Rock. First of all, the, yes, kids that like The Rock and boys and girls, um, anywhere from the age of. It may be a little scary for a six year old, but. 
I mean, Grant went, he just turned seven, and he did have times where he was scared. But it that's got, good, right? Yeah, no, that's what I mean. It wasn't like terrifying to where right. it shook him to his core and he never wants to go to a movie theater again. It got like where he was nervous and didn't know how to react, you know, and kind of hit his face with those monster type things. And I think that's where they played into that. Were they the monster, evil, like, you know, possessed people uh, had a bigger effect on the kids than it did us as adults? Like, they obviously seemed very unnecessary, but it put that, like, shock and suspense in for a kid. Um, And it did very well at that. And they, Grady came out of that and was like, man, dad, that was awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, for a 6 to 13-year-old, yeah. Or even a teenager. It'd be a great movie. It's a great movie. It is. But, you know, and, and an adult can sit down and watch it, you know, and enjoy it. I'm not going to, I can't imagine re-watching it a bunch of times. No, I wouldn't. And and when we went. There's some good humor in it, especially if you're familiar with the ride at Disney World. I mean, there is a lot of Disney. It's based oh, yeah. on a ride at Disney World yes. that's been around for decades. Yeah. Probably Forever, since the almost. beginning of Disney World yeah. in Florida anyway. And, like, if you've never been on this ride, it is literally a boat trip around, like, a, a, a jungly boat yeah, trip. Like an Amazon River type. And you have a guy that's standing up there and driving the boat. Not yep. really. And just one after another, ridiculous puns. Yeah. And all of those puns are basically in the movie. Yeah. And so if you enjoy that, I think it's one of the worst rides at Disney World, to be honest with you. I hate it. But if you enjoy that ride for nostalgic reasons, um, you will like that. And I, mm-hmm. I did like that, even though I'm not a fan of the ride. It's a really old, kind of boring ride. Yeah, now it is. <laughs> At the time, it was. But people it love out. it, man. People love it because it's nostalgic, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, so that aspect I thought was pretty good. And it had a lot of humor in it, and the humor was fine. It, and The Rock is, I think, hilarious on his delivery. The of Rock's these. a natural national treasure. He is. And, he really is. And Emily Blunt is really a national treasure to the UK, I suppose. I wish. And <laughs> She's uh, very good. The guy that played her brother was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. He was great. I don't know what actor that was. I'd have to look up his name. But he was, a, he was it's, absolutely great. You know what's funny? Because they actually, like, it's almost like they want to position you to not like that character. But he's constantly making you like him. Like, they want to make him like the fumbling buffoon, but he's not really. No, he reminded me of, like, the brother in Frasier, like Frasier Crane's brother. <laughs> you know, like, you have Frasier, this, like, the serious one, and then you have his brother, Niles, who is always, like, doing something relatively goofy. But they're trying to be very serious and proper. Yeah. He was that. Yeah. He was trying, trying to be serious and proper, but always had this, like, issue something happening to him all the time and i liked i liked it i thought it was fun yeah so i mean i think i'm talking myself into maybe enjoying it better than i did i didn't really come out of that movie i mean i found stretches of that movie where i'm just like literally was i, I could look at my phone yeah you know? no I, I, and i agree i had yes i had times like that as well the ending and, is absolutely ridiculous yeah. it's so dumb they finally get to where they're going and it's a whole big thing and then for no reason, it's like it's like you have one second. You have to one grab second to do something, and then also it's like, well, isn't there, there going to be more during the next moonlight? Yes, absolutely. Well, it had to be a certain type of moon, which I mean, uh, uh, presumably would be 
you know, at least one, a couple times a year. Pretty often, because it's not like they time their trip out to be on <laughs> right. That they just happen to be there two days before. Yeah. It, so yes, that part was goofy. And when we left, uh, we left the movie and and came right to the dinner that was provided to us that evening. And um, Amy and I both had told you, you know, we had seen it, and we were like, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. You know, it was it was a fun time in the afternoon because I love going to the movies regardless. I just think it's a fun trip, especially with the family and everything. And to see the kids enjoy something I think is really fun. Um, yeah, but at the end of the day, I would never I would never tell anybody on their anniversary to go watch it no. at the movie theater. I mean, and we wouldn't <laughs> normally. It just happened to be there's nothing out. Yeah. Um, so my recommendation is bring your kids. Yes. Go to the movie theater and see it. You won't be disappointed. Your kids will enjoy it. Or buy, spend the 30 bucks. Watching at home. I wouldn't wait if I had kids and you like movies and your kids like movies. I think it's worth paying the 30 bucks or going to the theaters to see it before it comes out free in, what, six months from now? Yes. I would, I would go as far as saying go to the theaters to see it. I think you will enjoy the experience more going to the theaters to see it than you would at home. If you got younger kids, I would not take them to the IMAX. It's so loud. Oh, we didn't do IMAX. We just went to Juliet. But well, we did the GDX in Oswego. Oh, yeah. That's your jam. That's my jam. Um, I, I would never... I don't know if you'll get the same experience or even if your kids would get the same experience out of this movie at home because it is. it does have a lot of big action that I think... Uh, lends itself better to a big screen. No doubt about that. Yeah. Now, that being said, we saw in theaters, me and Marley, I will probably still pay the 30 bucks for the kids to be able to see it at home. I'm not taking the kids back to the theater. Well, no. I'm not going to sit through it. You ruined the experience. I'm not going to sit through the movie again. I don't know that I could, <laughs> uh, to be honest. I would just stare at my phone the whole time, probably. Because yeah. you so, already know what's going to happen. Yeah. And it, it's fine. Yeah. I agree. But I had no expectations going in. I definitely didn't have high expectations. I didn't have high expectations, but I had seen trailers for it previously because, and actually where I really saw most of the trailers was when um, I, I took the boys to that uh, Peter Rabbit movie and I saw the full length trailer for it. I had only seen like snippets of this going to be a thing. I saw the full length trailer for it then and I looked at Grady and I was like, we, we need to go see that. Yeah, like it looked like a fun experience for us to go see, and so that's what we did, and it and it worked. It just it let me down for what the expectations I had for it. I thought it was going to be a little bit better. I just don't think it's shot as high as the mark for like Pirates of the Caribbean. No, and I don't think it took the road that it could have taken of Indiana Jones. I agree. Where it's maybe aimed at a little bit older audience, mm-hmm. still appropriate for kids, but maybe more of a, um, a an adult movie, which obviously it's meant to be a kid's movie. Yeah, it I is. I mean, it is. Um, and, uh, an enjoyable. I, I like that, that it's a kid's movie that's not a kid's movie, right? right. So it's definitely something that's a general, all audiences type movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it was it's right on the line. I agree. It, honestly, it's probably better than what I expected it to be. Oh, really? For a movie based off of what I consider to be a pretty crappy ride. Yeah, just an awful, horrific, <laughs> just terrible ride. Um, oh, my gosh. I closed the thing that had the talk about something. You are awful. How can I talk about anything now? I mean, we covered every base of Jungle Cruise. 
We've ruined the video podcast of this episode, and now we're just <laughs> It's ruining. working now, finally. It is? Yeah. Um, and now we're just ruining the last half of it. I think it might have been when you plugged your phone in. When I plugged my phone in? Yeah, I think you plugged your phone in and it fixed it. Okay, so I, I got the, the list. Um, this had me thinking on the way here. I'm like, we should do, is it possible to do a list of movies based on rides? Because that's a very rare thing. That it is. A movie would be based on a theme park ride, and it would only happen in the world of Disney. But you I, would think. I looked it up. Um, this article is actually from the AARP. <laughs> Weird, weirdly enough. Um, of movies based on, this is specifically based on Disney World and Disneyland attractions. Okay. You want to know what some of them are? Yeah, of course I do. 1997, there was a little movie called, starring Kirsten Dunst. And Steve Gutenberg, okay, of uh, Police Academy fame, um, called Tower of Terror. Oh, like the legit Tower of Terror. Huh? Originally presented as part of the Wonderful World of Disney, this made-for-TV movie was the studio's first film based on an attraction. Uh, Steve Gutenberg stars as a disgraced tabloid journalist who sets out with his young niece Anna to investigate a mysterious disturbance. On Halloween 1939, lightning struck the Hollywood Tower Hotel, and five guests who were in the elevator at the time vanished without a trace. Looking ahead, Scarlett Johansson is set to produce and potentially star in a new movie based off the thrill ride. Probably not going to happen now. No, definitely not. (laughs) Uh, Much of the hotel footage was filmed at the actual attraction in Hollywood Studios. Um, I love the Tower of Terror. It's one of my favorite rides in the world because it's part uh, thrill ride, part big drop but part experiential thing yeah so i love that ride. I, I love tower of terror as well i remember uh going on it nolan is in the chat on youtube and he said the tower of terror movie with exclamation points and i asked him i said you know the movie nolan and he said i told it totally sent that hope oh, before he said it oh he, really he said it before we did um so apparently yes he is absolutely i've never seen it i would watch it probably except <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Um, Mission to Mars is another. It's a, it's at Epcot, and it's the one where you get load in like you're loading into a space a, capsule. A capsule, yes. But it really, it's basically a gravitron. It spins you and sucks you back into the seat. Okay, I've been. And you got to push some buttons. Yes. And everybody's got to work together. Yep. But yep, every yep. time you get in a cabin, there's like five seats with other people. Nobody ever pushes the buttons, and I'm like, if you're not going to push the buttons, why, why are you, you on here? What are you doing? Are you, are you trying to save us? Are you trying to go to Mars? Yes. Yeah. We all know the buttons don't do anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that guy told you to pull the lever. So pull the lever. We have to, we have boosters. We have to detach. <laughs> this is, so um, it's a terrible ride. I, it's, it's not one of my favorite rides. Um, you just spin. Mission to Mars was never one of Disney's most popular attractions. In fact, it shut down at Disneyland in 1992 and the Magic Kingdom in 1993. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's at Epcot, so I don't understand that. And in Epcot, it is narrated by Gary Sinise. He's the astronaut on, in the I don't ride. I remember that. And this movie starred Gary Sinise um, and Jerry O'Connell, who loves Ooh, our podcast. He does. Um, nevertheless, the studio spent $100 million on a sci-fi epic directed by Brian De Palma. He's pretty famous. Mm-hmm. With a score of Hollywood legend something or other. And the first manned mission to Mars ends in disaster. A crew of astronauts played by Tim Robbins, Connie Nielsen. Ooh, love a good Tim Robbins movie. Gary Sinise and Jerry O'Connell head to the Red Planet to rescue sole survivor Don Cheadle. 
Um, despite some impressive special effects, the film was panned by critics and was nominated for a Raspberry. Ooh, a Raspberry Award. For Worst Director. Uh, that was in 2000. Only one man would use Raspberry. Um, Lone Star. Oh, while the original ride is no longer, props for the movie now appear in the queue at Epcot's Mission Space. That's the movie they ride at Epcot, but it's, it's Mission the same space, ride, yeah. I think. Mission Space. Or maybe they changed the ride. I don't know what the original ride was, but that's the ride at Epcot is Mission Space, and it has Gary Sinise. Okay. Uh, the next one would be a 2002 movie called The Country Bears. The Country Bears. I don't know if I know this one. Do you In Frontierland, in the Magic Kingdom, yeah. there is the Country Bear Jamboree. It is one of my favorite things to do. It is? You go into a little theater, and there is a bunch of animatronic bears, Yeah, and they sing country western songs i don't know if i've done that it's amazing i don't know if i have or not. i love it we do it one time that we were there when i think and i'm sure it doesn't change does never it changes yeah never it's all changes. the same yeah it's we've seen it a million times one time we went there um when cash was little and started raining well it's inside right yeah so we just kept doing it. we saw it like three times in a row oh and it's not very long it's maybe 15 minutes but it's a little show and i mean it's on a stage and they have curtains that come up and down, and there's other bears, different places. And it's like, there's like five songs that these bears do. It's great. How do you feel like if you worked in that area of the park and you just had to live through that <laughs> Yeah, every stuff. day of your life? Um, and it's kind of like a little bit, there's some of the lyrics are a little randy. Really? Yeah. Which randy, like. yeah. baby. Uh, based on Frontierland's musical review, The Country Bear Jamboree, this trippy movie features, features animatronic bears, suits, created by Jim Henson's Creature Shop. Oh, nice. And a world in which humans and anthropomorphic bears live together in harmony. The Country Bears, an all-bear rock band, has disbanded, and the greedy banker Reed Thimple, Christopher Walken, is threatening to tear down their old concert hall. Preteen club Barry Barrington, voiced by Haley Joel Osment, Oh, nice. Sets out to reunite the band for the benefit concert to save the theater. The film is a flop, but you'll be impressed by the amount of stars who make cameos as themselves, including Don Henley, John <laughs> Hyatt, Sir Elton John, Queen Latifah, Willie Nelson, and Bonnie Raitt. Wow. What year did that come out? Um, 2002. It's clearly probably a kid's movie. Oh, yeah. It's got to be. Um, 2002. So Big Al, the groundskeeper at Country Bear Hall, is one of the fan favorite singing bears at Disney World. He is. Yeah. Uh, where he plays an out-of-tune guitar and croons Tex Ritter's morbid blood on the saddle. <laughs> he, he gets out there with like one string. He goes, boom, there's blood on the saddle. <laughs> boom, there's blood everywhere. Jeez, boom. You know There's this whole song, blood don't you? On the saddle. It's funny. I like it. Um, it's on Disney Plus. Do you know the whole song? I know I don't, but there's not much more to it than that. <laughs> okay. Um, the Haunted Mansion, 2003. Eddie Murphy. You ever see this one? Um, the Haunted Mansion. I believe I've seen the movie. Yes, I've seen it many times. Uh, in fact, my kids were watching it recently. We watched it like last year around Halloween. It's not as bad as I remember. I remember when it came out, watching it and being like, this is terrible. And it's panned as like a terrible movie. Really? But I've watched it recently with the kids, and I actually didn't think it was terrible. Um, Realtors 
Jim and Sarah, Eddie Murphy, and Marsha Thompson are summoned to Gracie Manor, a spooky estate deep in Louisiana's Bayou Country, and they soon find that there's more than meets the eye inside the walls. Once there, they encounter a cast of ghostly residents that include the Footman, Ezra, and Madame Leota, a floating head in a crystal ball. The Dapper Dans, a barbershop quartet that performs at Disney theme parks around the world, voice the mansion's singing busts. Oh, yeah. I remember that part. Haunted Mansion is one of my favorite rides in Magic Kingdom. Love it. Really? Yeah. Are all of these rides your favorite? No, I didn't say. The, the Bears I, are I your favorite. Like Mission to Mars. I know, but the Bears were your absolute favorite. Now this is your absolute favorite. I mean, what? Where does it end? I just I like Haunted Mansion. It's very uh, like nostalgic. It's still old. Yeah, but stuff's been updated a little bit, and it's just a uh, it's like a nostalgic thing. Cool. The first when well, we went there um, with dude. Mm-hmm. his family we went on it at night really none of the kids wanted to go on this ride my kids hate it oh they do because it's scary kind of i was gonna say is it really it is a little spooky for sure so none of the kids wanted to go on it finally and we couldn't get in anyway the lines were too long i didn't have a fast pass so we're we're there we're waiting for the fireworks and it's dark fireworks are like in an hour and i'm boom i'm able to get a fast pass i'm like i got a fast pass to haunted mansion let's go and all the kids are like not wanting no. to go we forced them in. We left that ride, and his two kids and my two, and Jet was probably too, too little young, to know. He yeah. was like three months old. Um, so their two and my two were just bawling, walking out of this ride. Absolutely <laughs> bawling. It was like a ridiculous thing. And all the p- people around, this is you get this at Disney a lot. If you force kids to go on rides, which we do, because yeah. they'll enjoy it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah sure. Um, yeah, but a lot of times they won't want to go on anything. You have to kind of force them to. You got to pull their arm a little bit. Yeah. Most of the time they love it when they get done. But the people at that Disney World are super annoying. And because people in Disney are like hardcore Disney people, it's a lot of adults, right? And they just but, like, I hate it when people force their kids to go on rides and blah, blah, blah. Ruins the experience. And I'm just like, shut up. You're at a children's theme park. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to make my kid go at the Haunted Mansion. Too bad. Get over it. Builds character, yeah. bud. <laughs> um, all right, next movie. Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of, of the course. Black Pearl, and its sequels. Um, the undisputed champ of the ride to Rio pipeline. The um, Pirates of the Caribbean and its four sequels. Now five. Five, yeah. And there's a six coming out this next year. Rank as the 14th highest grossing franchise in film history with a total worldwide box office of... $4.5 billion. Holy cow. Um, that seems like a lot. Based on a so weird it works combination of Keith Richards and Pepe Le Pew, Captain Jack Sparrow, that's a great description. Wow, yeah. Is swashbuckling high point in Johnny Depp's career, earning him two Golden Globes. He joined, obviously, we all know the movie. Right. Um, also one of my favorite rides at Disney World. Probably my favorite ride at Magic Kingdom. It is? I love it. It's great. Wow. And the kids like it. It's a little scary, a little bit, but not too much. Yeah. It's a fun ride. I love, I love, uh, I never miss out on Pirates of the Caribbean at Disney World. It's you great. just have to go. Yeah. It's a great, it's like, it's just, a, you got to do it's it. It's a mainstay. It's one yeah. that like, it's got a little thrill at the beginning, but then basically know, it's a slow boat ride and just, you're looking at animatronic pirates. Yeah. Which sounds dumb, but it's not, it works. I believe you. Um, I love the Pirates. Well, I've only really seen the first two. I think I've seen three. I know I haven't seen anything after that. Yeah. Um, here's another one. Tomorrowland. 
2015. I liked the movie. I'm going to tell you what. It's a fantastic movie. I know. And it, and a lot of people don't like it. And it didn't get very good reviews. If you look at the reviews right now, it's not very good. Well, it came from director um, Brad Bird. Who I did know. Incredibles and Ratatouille. And that's what drew me to it is once I found out it was Brad Bird. Actually, I, what drew me to it was Kevin Smith's review yeah. of, of the uh, movie. And he had watched it on a plane ride and and talked it up like crazy. So I immediately came into this movie with pretty high expectations because I thought, man, this has got to be pretty good. And it was. It has a lot of heart. Um, it's got a really good story. I loved it. Uh, screenwriter Damon Lindelof from Lost. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had no idea that it was a ride, though. It's not a ride. It's a world oh, it's a, in Magic it is Kingdom. A world. So there's like Frontierland, Adventureland, Tomorrowland, and... Um, the circus area, and then there's uh, Fantasyland. And Tomorrowland was there prior to this movie being made. Yeah, oh yeah. Tomorrowland was original to Disney oh, World okay. and okay. Disneyland. Um, but the two main rides, um, space, that's where Space Mountain is. And it can be oh, seen yeah. in the city in the movie, like in the background. And then they have Spaceship Earth, which is the dome from yep. um, Epcot, I, is yeah. in the movie as well, in the background somewhere. That's not Tomorrowland at Epcot, but Tomorrowland is at Magic Kingdom. So it's not technically based on a ride, but it is. No, but a a world. And uh, yeah, I I think it's actually a fantastic movie. Yep. Loved it. George Clooney. It's on Disney Plus. If you haven't seen it, I would, I'd highly recommend watching it. I suggested it as well. Uh, My kids like it too. And then uh, the last one is Jungle Cruise that just came out that we've talked about at length. Yes, we did. Nolan said, you're shocked that your children were hesitant slash scared to go into the Haunted Mansion? (laughs) (laughs) My kids have been on the Haunted Mansion. First of all, they'd been on it before because we'd been there before that time we went with That's why they knew, like, I don't want to go back So we went to Disney, what was it, two years ago, the last time we went. That was post that crying excursion. Okay. But Cash was a little older. Sky was a little older. Yeah. Cash was old enough. Like, he was probably seven. He was 12 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. He was old enough that it, you, old enough to where you can understand that it's fake. Yeah, and it's not really that scary, honestly. So we go and that, in, like you can you would obviously know like nothing is going to touch you, right? So we go in, and he did not want to go, but again we forced him because we're evil parents. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Just so we go horrendous. In. The first part of the ride is you go into this room, this round room with a bunch of people before you go on the ride. Yeah. And there's like, and so we immediately walk into this room and I turn to Marley and go, oh yeah, I completely forgot about this part. Oh no. It's the worst part. Yeah. I completely forgot about it. I don't know. I've been on a ride 10 times, but I forgot about it. Um, not 10 times, maybe five times. But what happens is all the lights go off and this super deep, creepy voice like starts talking to you. Yeah. And then the lights go on and they start flashing up to these portraits on the wall that are like a, just a people, like an old, like old pictures of people. Yeah. And then the room starts stretching. Well, what you don't Weird. know is like you're on an elevator. Yeah. But they make it a feature. And as the room stretches down, you can see the portrait of the person is here. But as it stretches down, it reveals the portrait gets taller. And, and you can see how they died. Oh. So like one person might be standing on like a rope above an alligator with open mouth. Yeah. And it's very tongue in cheek. Sure. But... The, just the voice and the flashing lights and the darkness can be very creepy. I'm sure it, it is creepy. Yeah, it is creepy. I could totally understand 
you know, that part, which I completely forgot about because we hadn't been there in a couple of years and whatever. Yeah. So they're scarred. Never want to go back then. Yeah. They'll go on it again. Did you go the last time you were there? We did not go to Disney World, no. Oh, that's right. You didn't go to Disney World at all. I forgot. No, we went to Universal Studios. You did. So, um, yes. Oh, I'm just looking at the comments. David said, Harf has 38 favorite rides at Disney, and Jerry watched 16 hours of TV shows every day after school. Yeah. That's I, true. For, for the most part, I mean, I'll have to listen to it back, but I'm pretty sure I said one of my favorite every no, single time. every time you talked about one, you're like, this is by far my favorite. No, I did not say Of that. all time. My favorite ride at Magic Kingdom is Pirates of the Caribbean. What's your favorite ride anywhere else like what's your favorite ride at universal studios um hagrid's motorbike adventure what's your favorite ride at one of the other parks what other park i don't know is there any well that one hagrid's is at islands of adventure at universal studios um my favorite ride was probably the mummy oh the mummy that is a good one i've been on that one yeah and then at animal kingdom my favorite ride the the mummy was great Yeah. yeah It's yeah. like a roller coaster. It's a roller Indoor. coaster inside of a building, yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite ride at Animal Kingdom would be either Flight of the the Concords. Avatar one. The Avatar one. It's like Flight of the something or other. The Blue Cats. But you're flying on the dragon. It's a virtual yeah. reality one. It's awesome. I'm aware. And the, Or Expedition Everest, which is the big roller coaster there, which is a fun roller coaster. Oh, I don't know if I did that one. Yeah, it, it's like a roller coaster, a regular, real one. I'm almost it, positive I did. It gets up at the top, and then it goes backwards for like a long ways. Oh, I thought you got up to the top, and then they were like, all right, here's your pickaxe, like your ice pick. You gotta <laughs> There's a climb. Yeti up there. You got to climb the rest of the way up. My favorite ride at um, Hollywood Studios is, oh man, that's, that's tough. Probably, honestly, I've been on Rise of the Resistance, which is the one everybody is freaking out about. Yeah. I think it's still Tower of Terror. It's probably my favorite one there. Really? Yeah. Over the, what is it called? Rise, Rise of the, of the Resistance? Resistance? Yeah. Over that. I only went on Rise of the Resistance once, so maybe if I could try it again. That's a whole experience, man. It is. Well, if you take the totality of the experience, yeah, I'd probably have to say Rise of the Resistance because there's so much that goes into it and like the loading queue. Right. That's, that's what I mean. Incredible. I remember you explaining all that and it sounded amazing. My favorite ride at Epcot. That's the, part of the ride. Epcot, you have to take that. Epcot because. doesn't have a lot of good rides. Epcot's kind of a... Yeah, yeah really. Honestly. A real dud. It's probably the Frozen ride at Epcot. Really? It's just a slow boat ride, but it's whatever. Let it go, man. Let it go. Let it go. But that's where the Guardians of the Galaxy indoor roller coaster is going to be. I want to, I want all of that yeah. in my life. Yeah. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. Maybe we'll do a snarf road trip this winter. <sighs> Man, I really want to. I need to go somewhere bad. The thing about Disney now, because uh, people ask us all the time, they're like, oh, You're we want to go to Disney with you because you know everything. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to be your shepherd. <laughs> it's hard to do. Yeah, it, you do. It's hard to do big groups there. That's hard. I mean, you don't necessarily need a big group. Of people. Here's but. the thing. I, we, me and Marley and my family, we go. We get there an hour early. Yeah. We don't stop all day and we stay for the fireworks at 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. Like we don't take breaks. But that sounds awful to me. Like why would you want to put yourself through that? Why not enjoy it? I do enjoy of- it. I do enjoy it. I'm not saying it's not like, it's not like work. 
Sounds like it. No, it's just having a schedule and walking from here to there. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like work. Sounds like what you're doing is work. Well, when you explain it, it's like we go, we don't stop, we don't take breaks, we don't eat. No, we eat. It sounds we, like we I don't schedule. Even eat. Yeah, we eat at a certain restaurant for lunch. We eat at a certain restaurant for dinner. We Does it have to be the same restaurants each time? No, no. But you have to have reservations, so you got to make those reservations like months in advance. You have to have reservations to every place you go to? Sit-down meals, yeah. Really? You want to sit down? Other than at like a quick service, they call it, which is like order to counter. Oh, yeah. Like a cafeteria or a fast food restaurant. Yeah. So we do that for lunch most of the time. But for dinner, we like to sit down and have like a regular meal. Yep. So, yeah. Sounds fun. Um, Well, we've reached our time, Chris. Bathroom breaks, you know, they're scheduled. You go to the bathroom at this time because this is the bathroom break. I believe you. I believe that's a thing that you would do. <laughs> no, it isn't so much that. It isn't it isn't that intense. But it is very much of like, if we're stopping to the bathroom, everybody's going to the bathroom. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I understand not, that. Because other than that, it's like nonstop. And that makes sense to me that you would put everybody into the bathroom. I mean, that's that I feel like is general knowledge for any family right. on any trip. Like everybody's going right now. Or the trip's over. <laughs> <laughs> right, or we're going home. Yeah. Now, in the future, that's the good thing about having gone a bunch of times. Now, I think we've gone like four times. Yeah. is like I don't really care about any of them because I've been on them a bunch of times. And nothing at Disney World is like it's not like Six Flags where it's like thrill no. rides. No. Or even like Universal Studios to an extent or Dollywood even, like where those are like roller coasters and thrill rides that you like want to ride over and over again. Yeah. At Disney, you know, they're more like experiential rides. And like mm-hmm. once you've done it a couple of times, you're like, I get it. I can do it. It'll be great. Yeah, it'll be fun. But if we but miss it, just... that's fine. Yeah. So that's the thing. If I went with with people now, I'd be like, well, these are the things we can comfortably hit without like running ourselves ragged. Yeah. And I don't care to miss the other things. The problem is nobody, everybody wants to go. If they're going to Magic Kingdom, everybody wants to go like, to everything i want to go do it all because i don't want to have to come back another day or another time right you know so i want to get it all done well it takes a day and a half to do magic kingdom really no matter what a day and a half of yeah a day and a half will comfortably do about everything you want to do that's crazy missing and i skip the things that suck like it's a small world no no absolutely not doing no (laughs) I don't even know why that's still there. You know, and honestly, it gets easier too when you get your kids get older because you don't have to do the stupid character meet and greets. Yeah. That is so time consuming. Yeah, I would not do that. Yeah, but I don't think my kids would even care about that. You know, they love it. Surprisingly. Really? Yeah, they like it. You want to do a little bit, you know, here and there, but, you know, when we first were going, we wanted to do all of them. That's silly. That it, seems silly. It just depends. Like when we used to go, yay, we'd go in February. There was not, there was nobody there. You could just kind of go do whatever you wanted to do. Right. That doesn't exist anymore, man. Not now. No. It doesn't matter what. Time I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll exist again. Never will exist again. No. There's so Especially many. Especially with the park expanding, that want to go every year. With the park expanding though, and the new Star Wars stuff, and the new Marvel stuff, all of that, I think, is drawing. Is drawing more people to the park? Well, you think okay. Well, that's uh, that's going to draw all these people over there, so that yeah, but leaves the rest of the park. But it no, doesn't. It, doesn't. it just draws more people. That's what I mean. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not like separate to one area. Yeah. It might draw a lot of people to one area, but I guarantee you the, the next day or the day after they go to the next park because you're down there. Yeah. You know, and if they haven't ever been there before, they're going to hit both. You can do animal kingdom in one day. You can do Epcot in one day. You can do Hollywood studios in a day and a half now with star Wars. Wow. And then you can do magic kingdom in a day and a half. So there's three, there's five days, five days for all of it. Yep. Sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. You can break it up. If you go for uh, a full week, I don't care what I miss either because you don't know what you miss if you've never done it before. Yeah. Especially as a child, like children don't know what they've missed. Yeah. That's another thing. I mean, the children it's not don't for know what they you, miss. right? A lot yeah. of the rides are not interesting for adults at all. That's but what I mean. you want to go on it because you want to see your children yeah. have a great time. And they're going to have a great time with whatever you do make it to. Yeah. Just because you have the knowledge of whatever else is around at the park doesn't well, I, mean that they're missing out. I know enough now that I know where the best bang for your buck is as far as whatever experience you want your children to have, your, you or your children to have. Yeah. You know? I get it. Because there's lots of stuff we don't do. Like, I don't, we don't go to a lot of the shows. I mean, there's great, like, live shows, like, plays. Oh, yeah, musicals. yeah. You know, we've done them all before, but we don't go back to them all the time. Hmm. So. Okay. Well, we've reached our time for episode 136, Christopher. Um, we're over. Uh, if you haven't checked out our Patreon in a while, go ahead and check that out. I need to upload another Patreon.com slash Snarf Comics. And we got some more content coming for that channel. Real soon. Yep. Whenever I get to it, you know, one of these days. We got more content. But we're recording more content. Absolutely. Um, check out all of our social media, you know, Facebook, Snarf Talk. Is it Snarf Talk? Everything's Snarf Talk now, right? I don't know. Snarf Talk podcast or snarfcomics.com. You type in the word snarf. I guarantee you you're going to find a go. <laughs> it is snarftalk.com. Yeah. No. It is snarftalk.com, uh, the website. Check it out. Uh, give us a like. Give us a share. Do whatever you can do to spread the gospel of Snarf. For Snarf Talk this week, I've been Chris. I am Jerry. See ya.